but Eddie Murphy, that's another one that just disappears. Like when he did Dream Girls, he wasn't Eddie Murphy. When he did The Clumps, he, I mean, it's a comedy, but every he character should, should have won was, an Oscar for that, man. Every character was different. And he did yeah. like eight characters, seven yeah. characters. Yeah, he should have won an award for that one. That was brilliant at its at its highest level, man. I mean, I know it was a comedy, and but it, it, it was nobody could have pulled that off, man, but him. Yeah. It was it was unbelievable. And every character was distinctly different. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all none of them even resembled each other. That's what was so brilliant about it. And then in coming to America when he played the old Jewish guy. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. You know, he picked up old Jewish women just to prove to everybody how bad he was, you know? And I'm like, I guess, yeah, him and Forrest Whitaker are about as close as you're going to get. Because Daniel Day-Lewis, man, is just, he, he is the greatest character actor ever. It's got to mm-hmm. be. Yeah, it's got to yeah, be. be up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if, he, well, he might be the greatest actor, actually, as well, too. I can't think of anybody that's better than him. I know, uh, Ger- uh, not Gerard Butler, but uh, Russell Crowe thought for a while he was the best ever. <laughs> oh, he'll just ask him. He'll tell you. That's what I mean. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm the best actor in the world. Like, that one, one speech he gave in Gladiator, he said before the take, he said, this is the dumbest shit I've ever had to say, but I'll make it work because I'm the greatest actor in the world. And I think it was um, the one where he talks about, I'll get my revenge either this life or the next. Yeah. You know, he's like, I'll make it work because I'm the greatest. I'm like, oh, God damn it, man. Just... Say your fucking line, man. What was yeah? <laughs> just say your line so I can go home. I don't need to hear this shit. What's wrong with you? You know, it's it's like it's like uh, I don't know why they don't tell off these actors more often. Like when I heard Tom Cruise cuss everybody out, I'd been like, dude. Then I'm going home, man. You're not gonna talk to me like this, and I'm just gonna take it. I'm gonna go home. Fuck now, you, you little bastard. Who now, are you talking to? What to his to his defense, and you know, uh. The, he was talking to other producers that weren't holding up to to the you know because they have like they have like OSHA they have like OSHA appointed uh covid you know people there that are their their sole job is to make sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to do so if one of those people caught what caught what he caught they would have shut them down and well, that's he, true. Yeah, and and, yeah. and right. he 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 spent a hundred thousand dollars of his own money to put everybody up, and he he had a ship barged uh, uh parked, you know, on the barge on the barge, I guess, and so everyone could have their own room, like two rooms apart from everybody else, so they would so it wouldn't be any, so everyone could be in the same place and quarantined, uh. And socially distanced, so you know, like this floor goes to lunch, this floor goes that kind of a thing. Got and, this, and he, after spending that kind of money of his own money, and he has a stake, he's not just a regular producer, he's an executive producer, which means he's got money in this. And they were still acting like there's no pandemic, you know. I would lose my shit too, yeah. I guess if you think about it from that standpoint, yeah, because yeah. I... people that are supposed to know better, he wasn't talking to like some stage hands, he was talking to. fucking people that were supposed to be you know leading by example so you know what i I, normally i would agree but uh, i was like yeah i would be fucking pissed too i'd be i'd give them both barrels too yeah i guess maybe i was trying to lumping that in with um uh what's his face batman christian bale's rant 
Here's the you thing know. with that guy, and not that not to excuse what Christian Bale did, but that guy had a history of doing that, walking and, in front, walking in front of the actor's uh, sight line. Yeah, and, and and well, and he wasn't talking about the sight line. It was the well, he did that too. But what really was doing is the guy was making noise. And, yeah, you can't do that. You got to be quiet. Yeah, and I, this I, is I a this that. is a professional. This guy has been on you know hundreds of movies. Since. He wasn't like a new kid. He was a seasoned vet. Twenty years in. He knows better, but this guy has a reputation for doing that. And so he wanted some attention. So Christian Bale was like, I'm going to give you some. So, uh, all right. Yeah. You made your point. I would have cussed him out too. Cause <laughs> when that little bit I did, when I had to play, um, at the theater, when I played, um, uh, it was, what's his name? Cisco. It was, it was okay when there was no one behind the camera, uh-huh. but as soon as the movies let out, we were walking behind the camera, man. It was so distracting. It's like, now that I think of remember that that experience, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, it's like when there was no one behind the camera, but it was just a dude with the camera and the camera is like, okay, I can do this because he's not moving. He's just holding the camera and I'm looking into the camera doing my thing. But when everybody started walking behind it, I was like, ah, this is distracting. That's when my quote unquote performance started to dip a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, so from that standpoint, I get it. Now, don't you get know. me wrong. Christian Bell isn't like a great guy. This is a guy no. that got that got uh, that on uh, on the day he won an Oscar. He they, he actually got caught arguing with his mother and sister, and like really oh, was yeah. just super disrespectful. I think he pushed his sister or slapped her or something. I don't know if he slapped her. I don't I don't know that, but I know he did push her or something like to that effect. It made made headlines. It was you know. yeah. I remember. Yeah, he uh, he, he he flipped out. And I'm like, uh, what is wrong with you, dude? Uh, he's got a, he's got anger issues. That much I do know. Also, he's a spoiled child actor star. You know what I mean? He's been in Hollywood since he was what ten? Yeah, something like that. You know? Did you know Olivia Munn is only five foot four? Yeah, I did know she was super short. Okay, I didn't know she was that small. Wow. Okay, oh. that's a way off topic, but god damn, I didn't know she was that small. Oh. Quick Olivia, Olivia Munn story, and then uh, we're going to get right into the show. Okay. Real quick. Okay, you know John Mulaney, right? Yeah, the, the, the alcoholic heroin addict guy. Yeah, I know yeah. he is. Very funny comedian, though. Yeah, I know he is. Yeah. Uh, okay, him and his wife, or well, ex-wife now, mm-hmm. uh, they both relapsed at the same time because apparently she was an addict, too. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, um, so they, you know, he relapsed. He went into treatment, got clean again. She did the same. Then, uh, you know, shortly after that, he left her. Yes. Okay. Check this out. This is this is going. I don't know if you watched the interview that he had with. Uh, um, he was on the Late Show with. Um, oh, what is that guy? The SNL alum that was on the Late Show. Oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, he was on a talk show talking about that he he announced this is last week mm-hmm. that he is having a baby with Olivia Munn. Yes. Now, when he was newly married, he was at a party with his wife, and Olivia Munn uh, had already posted, already said on Twitter that she was obsessed with this comedian John Mulaney, mm-hmm. and she hung out with him and his beautiful wife and they had a great time and the three of them became fast friends <laughs> now 
she has a history for she it got to a point to where she was kind of stalkerish. She was always hanging out with those two. So it was like everyone's like, oh, they're all buddies. She was just waiting for the shoe to drop so she could scoop him up. But the way his wife found out that they were over was on you know in the uh in the press that she that uh Olivia Munn said she's head over heels with John Mullaney and she doesn't care who knows it. And then like you know that's how his wife found out, oh, we're getting a divorce now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so you 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 have your your you and your current wife were both addicts, which they, you know, even if you're in treatment, they say don't hook up with another addict because you guys will just enable each other, and that's exactly what happened. Yep. Well, then, you know, good for them for recognizing that, getting clean and separating. But then he rebounds with this woman who kind of stalked him. And immediately has a baby with him. So he's doing all like the textbook things you're not supposed to do. Yeah. And so this cannot end well. Even when on the oh Seth, Seth, uh uh Seth, god damn, Seth Myers. Is, oh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay, was on okay. the late show with Seth Myers, and he had said that him and he and Olivia Munn are having a kid. And Seth Myers and him both kind of like, oh, we'll see how this goes. That's not how. That's not the best way to enter something as serious as having kids. No, it's going to be a train wreck. A train oh, wreck. Ab- oh, absolutely. And the thing is, at the rate he's going with his addiction, I got a, I got a bad feel that he's going to end up like Belushi and Chris Farley and, and those guys. That something really terrible is going to happen to John Mulaney. I mean, uh, when he talked about I used to be a blackout drunk, you, you can't slip when you're that bad. Yeah. You know, you, you once you get off it from being that kind of an alcoholic, you, you can't go back because I don't know if you can come back from that. You know what I mean? It's like he used alcohol for everything to be funny, to relax himself, to de-stress to uh to do everything i mean alcohol was like his best buddy when you're that kind of an alcoholic when you're a blackout drunk alcohol is you drink that more than water and this dude is is, something terrible is gonna happen to him i just i just know it and i'm wondering if that's what's motive what motivated him to possibly have this kid because he might feel like "Ah, the end's right around the corner you know i i need to get something out there pretty quickly you know i because because they very well could be, you know, he might see the path he's going down. Because I think he was also, wasn't he addicted to heroin too? Uh, no, he was an alcoholic. Okay, so, okay, because I thought I remember seeing somewhere where he was a drug addict too. There was heroin as well. Well, he, he may have done, I don't know about heroin, but he's been very vocal about, he was an alcoholic from his teen years all the way into his early 20s. Yes. That so, much I do know. Yeah, he's been an alcoholic for. God, almost as long as he's been alive. Yeah, he's not very old. I don't even think he's. I think I don't think he's. I don't think he's even thirty-five. He's thirty-nine. Is he really thirty-nine? Yeah, he's thirty-nine. Wow. Olivia Munn is older than I thought. She's forty-one. Wow. Yeah. God, they've been around a long time. So I just like I forget how long I've been around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like with movies now. With me, I have to remember. That if I've seen a movie, here's, here's how I remember if a movie's in the 90s or the 2000s. 
did I see it with Leroy or not? <laughs> it's the only way I can remember because I've seen so many movies that I think, oh yeah, that movie was 1995. No, that movie was 2003. Oh, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Just seems like 20 years ago was 1992, but it's not. That's 30 years ago. Huh. It's been a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> you know, and I'm I, it's like I like I see pictures of people from the 90s and I see them now and I'm like, God, you're old. Wait a minute. I'm old too. What the fuck is what happened? <laughs> How did it go by so fast? You know, dad said, Hey, you're gonna look up, you're gonna be 80 years old, going, Where did it all go? I don't know what happened to it all. It's like, ah, it won't go that fast. No, it, it does. Yeah. It's like they uh, say, youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, okay. So uh, I was going to tell you this, my watermelon story. All right. For anyone who doesn't know, it's kind of a love-hate relationship. I, you know, I like watermelon as much as anybody else. Mm-hmm. But, of course, there's a negative stereotype for black folks that like watermelon. And, you know, as much as you want to, you know, you either admit it or not admit it. It's just like I'm one of those people that I'll generally buy watermelon at night or mm-hmm. or on the hours where there's not a lot of people in there mm. because I have like this phobia or just hang up of white people seeing me buying watermelon and they look at you like, of course he's getting watermelon. As stupid as it is, everyone likes watermelon. Most people like watermelon. Let me put of it that way. They, yeah, of course they do. It's a great fruit. It's mostly water. You can eat a lot of it and not worry about calories or, you know, just it's just a great fruit. Anyway. Um about a week ago, I go into a market that I that's nearby a house I go to quite often, and they had like some really big, you know, organically grown watermelons. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's the middle of the day. It's like, you know, it's like one in the afternoon, and I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to buy one. It's, the, the the place is packed. But I'm going to buy one and I dare someone to look at me cross, you know, that kind of a thing. Of course, this is all in my head. No one gives a shit about what I'm doing. Nobody cares what you buy. But but it's it's, it's just it's my my baggage, my black Mm -hmm. baggage. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And uh, so I go in, I buy this watermelon. I get in, I do all my I do all my. uh, You know, all my shopping, I get in line and. Granted, it's a really big watermelon. And I pick it up and I put it on, it has to be weighed. I pick it up and I put it on on the on the you know the little treadmill they got there. And and there's a guy behind or a woman behind me talking to a guy, and she's like, That is the biggest watermelon I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I look and I kind of look at him like, yeah, it's pretty big. And then Someone in the aisle in in the in the line next to ours is like, look at the size of that watermelon. And then, and then the cashier is talking to the people behind me. She's like, you know, this is a big one. But uh, after we weigh it, uh, there's you know, is uh, it's from um, it's from. She mentioned uh, that there's a guy in here earlier that we weighed it and it was thirty two pounds. And and the guy behind me goes thirty two pounds. Oh, I got to see how much this one weighs. And then the cashier was like, uh, you know, just moving his stuff along. 
And then <laughs> it's so fucked up. So she gets it, she weighs it, and then she's like, 28 pounds. And the guy and the people behind me start talking about how heavy it is. Then they chime into the people in the line next to me next to us and she's like it's 28 pounds it was close to get the the cashier said the record was 30 or 30 pounds and then the guy in the line behind the person he talked to in the line next to us goes asking me now hey where'd you get that watermelon is it from such and such farms because there's a sticker on it so now there's a crowd developing around me and this watermelon so i'm like this is exactly what i did not want and now now and none of it is like oh you know uh look at him with a look at that black black bastard with his watermelon but it is like so many white folks just not only looking at me and the watermelon and how big it is now they're asking me questions and talking about it it's like a group chat about a watermelon i just want to get in and out and now Every, my worst nightmare had <laughs> come true. And so the guy's like, I'm going to go get a watermelon. And he gets out of line to go get one. He's like, I hope I can get a big one like his. And then, and then, because he said it loud and he was walking. It's a small market. So everyone's like, what watermelon? And it's like, oh, it was fucking horrible. And I had to just walk to my car. I'm never doing that again. No, you got to go. <laughs> you got to go at night, man. You can I'm, do, I'm going. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like, it was all this attention. And I just wanted to get away and <laughs> not be acknowledged or looked at. And the exact opposite happened. It was no, just the I, worst. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I I don't like grabbing it either. You know, I don't like grabbing that and bananas. Those are two things that I don't like to grab. Uh, but I was telling this Asian dude uh, at Chris's, Chris's uh, mother's wake. We were talking. I was telling him. because Harry's a computer nerd, just to put it out there. But. He doesn't understand nuance and he doesn't understand subtlety. So I told him, I said, I'm glad you showed up because now I'm not alone. And he looked at me like, huh? What do you mean you're not alone? Really? <laughs> What's the difference between me and everybody here? Um, you're muscular. You're, you're, <laughs> you're younger. I don't, I don't understand. Okay. What's the difference between you and me and everybody else around here? Again, we're younger. I don't understand. What are you talking about? Really, Harry? Really? <laughs> uh, I was like, dude, I'm the only non-white person here. And so he's like, oh, I get it. And also, this is also how dumb he was. There was a line from Family Guy that I used on him just to see if he would catch what I meant. It was the episode where Lois was a, a prize fighter. And ran into they did the skit where Mr. T shows up at the ceremony of Rocky retired and his and his um and they showed off his statue and he said he said hey boy you know won't you fight me boy hey girl hey woman you want a real man and then Rocky's like oh fuck you we'll fight and this one it was a woman Deidre Jackson and then Brian says her fists are so deadly she's not allowed to be a lesbian and I pissed myself laughing at when I first heard that. I, I said that to him and I and, <laughs> and he looked at me like, huh? I said, her fists are so deadly she's not allowed to be a lesbian? Really? He's like, I, I don't understand. What are you talking about? Oh, fists. Jesus. <laughs> I said, fists, lesbian. Think hard. Um, Chris is dying laughing. And I'm like, Harry, women, fists. And he finally went, 
Oh, <laughs> Chris said, I don't think he gets it. You don't get it, do you? Yeah, he didn't get it. <laughs> no, didn't I didn't get it. it. I didn't get it. Finally, I just, <laughs> I, just, I just flat out told him what it meant. And he was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, now that I told you, you dumb fuck. <laughs> and then so I, if you have to explain the joke, it's not yeah, worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. And then I went to, uh, I said, those are subtle things. Here's one that's not subtle. Uh, there was a restaurant that used to be a chain called Sambo's. I remember that chain. Yeah, and you had a big grinning black guy on the door, and you'd walk. And you, you walk through his mouth. His yeah. Mouth. And I said, I said, you know, it's funny. This Marcel would find that hilarious because it's so, it's so it's racist so, that it's, it's so funny. Racist. Yeah, that it, that you have to. That I'd like. I, I would just laugh. I would not be able to be too mad. I just laugh. That's hilarious. How could you get away with that today? That's funny as hell. Uh, but back in the day, it's like, oh, you motherfuckers, we got to burn this place down. Here's the odd thing. I've been to that restaurant and ate there. <laughs> Why would you do that? I, I think my mother took me to Sambo's once. Oh, my God. My mom. There used to be a Sambo's in Vancouver. Yeah. And it, uh, it became a Denny's. Yes, there was one over here. Uh, the one on um, near Lloyd Center. That Denny's used to be a Sambo's. Jesus. Back in the day. Yeah, I'm almost positive I've been to one. I'm my, almost my, 100% positive I've been there as a kid. Oh, my mom would never, 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 um, uh, you know, take us well, to that. In fact, she told us what it, you know, what it was all about and what it meant. I would never do it. Oh, it's kind of like Uncle Ben and, and Aunt Jemima. Those are both slave pictures, yeah. you know, and it's amazing it's lasted this long with Uncle Ben and those guys. You know, it's like, really? You can't change, modernize the picture? Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's like that's like having a Jewish bread and you got a got somebody in a you know a skinny guy you know uh, in, in in a uniform from the Holocaust on the cover you know is uh -huh. laughing about that's the same that's the equivalent you know it's like it's a slave picture and that's a Holocaust picture I I I I don't see the difference you know what I mean now I'm not like those Republicans who are you know talking about how the masks are equivalent to Nazis but you know so anyway. <laughs> But uh, yeah, dude, I could never, never do that. He's also an Asian Republican and a Trump supporter. Ugh. He was. It was interesting talking to him too because he said, "Look, I'm not a fan of Trump, but I like my money." And I was like, "From that standpoint only, I get it." I said, "But the problem with you guys, you 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 Republicans, is this." You vote the party line no matter who the candidate is. Mm -hmm. And I said, Roy Moore was a confirmed child molester, got 48% of the vote because they went, screw that. I'm not voting for the Democrat, even though he's a child molester. And he went, yeah, that is our problem. We, we don't. I said, I'd rather you guys just not vote. If you can't vote for Democrat, just don't vote. But don't just blindly vote because he's got... You know, he's got an elephant on his on his on his on his chest, you know, and Democrats, our problem is we're too wishy-washy. Oh, and we don't uh you know, we don't organize enough and no. and you just too too often they just roll over because they don't want any conflict, which is that's what I mean. That we'll, whole, I mean, as much as I love the Obamas, but Michelle was like, they go low, we go high. It's like, no, we gotta go low too. Yeah, we gotta because, kick them in the nuts, you know. Because that's how <laughs> that's why they win most of the time. Yep. Exactly. And it's like, 
we'll we'll kick a guy out of Congress for touching a woman on her back. The dude from uh, the the former comedian who got kicked out of the Senate. But, or oh, you're talking about um, you're talking okay. about Al Franken. Yeah, Al Franken. But the Republicans all keep what's her face um, that dude Marjorie Green on there, who's a fucking conspiracy nut, and 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 and, and that guy gets who they're about to prove is a child molester. Yeah. A rapist. They won't get rid of him. It's like, I don't understand. We're, our morals sometimes get in the way of governing because we can't govern and protect people if we're kicking our own people out. It, it's, it's counterproductive. The whole thing and, about Franken was infuriating because it was clear the woman was in on the joke. He didn't really touch. He pretended to like touch. It was just so it was such bullshit. Yeah. And, and uh, they were just going to, and it couldn't come at a worse time. Oh, there I was a, a fight for the Senate seat and it just, it was just bullshit. It was that, obviously, uh, it was orchestrated to, they oh, waited yeah. till last minute to, mm-hmm. you know, make a big deal out of that. I, I said at the time, he should just not give up his seat. He should go like, fuck it. You're going to have to take it like the Republicans would do. Mm-hmm. But we don't fight like they fight, and that's why they continue to survive. It, because we won't fight like they fight. We won't politic like they politic, and that's why we lose elections. Period. You know, Trump says whatever the fuck he wants to say. And also, did you notice he didn't go to the Ground Zero uh, tribute? He skipped it to go commentate on a, on Evander Holyfield's boxing match. Yeah, and he went to a police. Uh... Uh, police uh, function and just spent it talking about how much he doesn't like what Biden's doing. Not a, not a, he's a piece of shit, dude. It's yeah. obvious, but and then the last thing I'll say on that is this: Do you think that's going to hurt him? No. no. Imagine if Biden had been running for had been like this and not gone to the tribute. Yeah, my God, it would been all over conservative radio, the liberal radio. Nobody's even talking about what he did because it doesn't matter. Yeah. The Republicans don't care. They might talk about it in private, but if he runs again, that's not going to sway them from voting for him. No. Because they vote they vote their party line. They are they talk about Democrats being sheep. They are the definition of sheeple. The definition of oh, sheeple 100%. are Republican voters. The oh. definition of sheeple uh just, uh just real quick just like uh remember uh, i just saw i watched the hunt again it's on uh hbo max so i just watched it again and the hunt if for people who don't know it's like uh it was a uh, it's a horror well like i guess kind of horror ish movie anyway it's about like um these ultra leftists have uh they hunt like great they you know kidnap these uh conservatives turn them loose and hunt them and kill them. Mm-hmm. These these uh you know left left elitists. Now uh the you watch the movie, the the star of the movie, the good guys are the conservatives. Mm-hmm. But the 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 fact that they're being hunted by leftists, of course, none of them watch the movie because they're all complaining and and they always talk about how oh snowflakes, but they're the biggest snowflakes because mm-hmm. even though the movie paints them as the good guys or as the victims because they love to be victims oh, yeah. um, um, 
they could not wait to like we gotta ban this movie, we gotta boycott this movie because they're they're saying we should be hunted and killed. It's like you don't even know what the movie's about. Yep. You you guys are the good guys in this movie, so why are you bitching? Because they always want to have something to complain about. Always. Oh yeah, like critical race theory, like um, you know, black all lives matter, not black lives matter. You know, it, it, they always bitch about something. It's like it's always, and and this is the thing. It's like I asked uh, I asked Chris the question. You know, my uh, guy I went to wake with uh, Mother's Wake about saving the planet. You know what he said before the question even finished? Blow us up now. Yeah. He said part he said he said it's because of the partisan politics and and look at the homeless. He went down the list, boy. He he rattled off about 15 things. He's like, "Man, I nah, we got to go, man." And he said I couldn't I he said I just tell the tell the celestial just do us now. It's not going to change in a year. Do us now. And I was like, that's what I said, you know. It's like no one has no one yet has been able to give me uh yes I can save us here's how. And I've asked probably 10 12 people. No one. Everybody's quick to go, nope, we're done. So all this partisan politic hacking and all this meanness it just makes me wish that I that I could have our existence in my hand like that, you know? I don't even mm-hmm. I I do think they try to kill me though cuz they I, I just feel like they would do something irrational, like try to, somebody would try to put a bullet in me, you know. But anyway, I, I just I just wanted to throw that out there about Harry and, and Republicans being the real sheep, because it just bothers me that they act like we are. But we're more discerning voting group. We'll look at a guy and go like, yeah, you're a piece of shit. I'm not voting for you like Hillary. Ah, yeah. It's like choosing between the, uh, the devil, you know, and the devil, you don't know. Well, vote for the devil, you know. Nope, can't vote for her. I don't like her. Can't yeah. do it. And guess what? Four years of that idiot Trump. When all these people had to do was just vote the party line. And we didn't because we have morals. And morals don't win elections. Morals mm-hmm. don't govern. Morals don't make laws. That's why the that's why there's an abortion ban in Texas. That is you know. insane that that, yeah. that that passed. Of course it did. There was, uh, are you, you can't be surprised. It's Texas. No, 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 I'm not. Yeah, it's, like, it's Texas, dude. They are, th- those states want to get rid of the woman's right to choose so badly. It's killing them. It's killing them. They want to control a woman's body and they want numbers. Now, I tell you this, though, if those people in those red states could word, anti-abortion this way they would white women cannot get abortions everybody else you're free to do it oh yeah yeah that's I, how they want that's how they wish they could word it they want to be able to re uh, they, it's too many going to the other teams they yeah gotta, they gotta make whites uh white the white population the more dominant populations right now brown folks uh hispanics are creeping up on they will be the majority within 10 years and like I said, I still think there are more black folks than Hispanics. I just think these niggas don't fill out the set, the census report. I, I cannot believe that of all these people, the black folks down south that have 10, 12, 15 babies, and we are behind them. I just don't buy it. I well, just think that we don't, they don't fill it out. I, I'm, I honestly sh- I'm believe sure that. there is a, a, a percentage that don't. I, in fact, I know there's a percentage that don't. But you forget, there's no, like, 
There's no black people in Iowa. There's no black people in Montana. There's no black people in Oklahoma. You know, Colorado. There's no there's no black people in these places. We're on the we're on the East Coast, the West Coast, and sprinkled, you know, less than one percent in a lot of the major cities in the middle. You know, we're in we're in the we're in the southern states. We're, yeah, in, we're the in the West South. Coast. We're in the West Coast. We're on the East Coast. The vast majority, the uh, you know, the flyover states, I guess, what you would call them, we're not there. We're just no, not. No. We're just yeah, not. No. So right. I, I, I don't think I, I, we're probably, you know, right now we stand at what, 14, 13% of the population? 20. We're probably, we're pro- oh, is it 20 now? Yes, it went up to 20. Yeah. I just okay. saw a recent census is up to 20% now. Okay. So we're, we're at 20. We're probably 25, maybe, but we're nowhere near the dominant. We're just not. That's just, that's just no fucking way because we're not in these other states. We're not. You know, when you got you got places like okay, perfect example. I was in Burley, Idaho. This is God. This is twenty years ago, but from what I understand, I know a friend who lives there or is from there uh, that I work with, and uh, and not much has changed. But I remember when I went to Burley, Idaho, population of uh, eight thousand. Then three people were black. Three, <laughs> and, and that's one city, one little podunk city. In the middle of nowhere, and that's all over the middle of America, and that yeah, they they just keep doing that over and over again, and you know this, so we're nowhere near. Uh, even if even if those numbers go up, and we got every person of color to fill out their census, we're still going to be in the minority. It's hard to believe that there are more Mexicans though. That's my that was my point. How just, are you kidding me? I just don't see it, man. It's so hard to see that that there's more of them than us. We've there been here longer. Absolute... We've been here longer. I, I know the that, they, that Mex- they have more Mexican. I know they have more. Well, I don't even know that. The but culture I alone is based on family. They're, the the Hispanic culture is big families. Black folks don't do that. At least not in, not not like they used to. Like you know, in the turn of the century, uh, our grandparents' age during that generation, they were more big on family and and. But there's there's no there's we don't do that. Well, I, that's what I, I, that's I don't, why I don't I know stopped. one Hispanic person that doesn't have a large family. Yeah, they have Not five, one. six, seven kids. You know yeah. that kind of thing. And you know, and we look down like my cousin's got ten kids. And what's the first thing we do? God, you dumb! Why would you have so many kids? It's in, in the Mexican Hispanic area, they're like, that's all you have is 10? You better well, you better get on it. That girl needs about 12, but then she needs about two, three more. Yes. I'm like, I so, guess. No, I, I absolutely believe they, they outnumber us. I also wonder how many of them, like I told that one lady, how many of them are illegal and being, count, and being counted? That well, is another, that's another question that legitimately has to be asked, not as uh, a racial tone, not as a racial thing, but it's true. It's a question that has to be asked. Like, how many of them don't belong here or here illegally. Not that I want them gone. Not that they're criminals or well, drug yeah, dealers. Just, just like we don't want to enter the census because you don't want the government to know too much about you. And right. if you're and if you're not here legally, you really don't want them to know much about you. Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. So no. you you wouldn't fill out census. You would have dodged and duck. So I'm sure there's a lot of that too. There's a ton of undocumented, um, uh, you know, citizens here. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. It's like the the one thing that I remember talking to uh, this one Republican about when I was at work, when I used to work, was 
The one thing that I understand is I understand about illegal immigrants. I don't like that myself. You know, I like the fact that if you're here, you be a citizen, you speak the language and all that stuff. You learn our customs and, and, and the way we do things. I would expect that of myself if I went and lived in China, that I would speak, learn to learn Mandarin or Cantonese. And I would, um, you know, learn their custom and their ways because that's just respectful to the place I'm at. Right. But I looked this white dude in the eye. I said, the problem I have, because he was a Republican, I said, the problem I have with you people, I don't ever hear you guys talking about the illegal Russians, the illegal Italians, the illegal Scottish people, the illegal Swedish people, the illegal Germans that are here. The All you Canadians. Talk about, there's yeah. more Canadians than anyone, yeah. than any of the white, white immigrants. Right. I said, all you talk about are the Canadian illegal brown and folks. And yeah. that is what bothers people the most. If your people were, were talking about, you know, deporting all of them, no problem from the from, from the Democrats. I guarantee it. But your problem, but the problem is, you know, it's not that we want them all here as Democrats. We don't. But you just talk about the brown folks. That's what irks us. Well, it's it's clear. It's, it's, it's blatantly not blatantly racist. Yeah, yeah blatantly not, racist. I mean, it's it's not. It's never about just uh, too many people here or citizens. No. It's, it's only about race. Yes, and that's what he said. Well, I guess I can't argue with that. I was like, no, you can't. And if you guys decided to 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 talk about you know illegal immigration as a whole, like if Tucker Carlson said we need to get out all the Germans and and, and Russians and white Canadians, I'd be like, all right. Well, I can listen to Tucker talk about this now, but all he talks about this is the southern border and getting those dirty people out. Blatant racism, and I yeah. and even Candace Owen couldn't argue with that. Even even that sellout could not argue with that logic because they don't talk about that. They don't say anything about that, and that's what bothers me about illegal immigrants and 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 everybody wanting them gone. It's like you don't want them all gone. You just want the brown ones gone. Yeah. And and they commit the least amount of crimes. They just want to pick their berries and live in there and send money home. You know, or work construction and send their money home to their families. They don't want to be bothered. Why would you if you're illegal? You yeah. don't want to be bothered. You want to be under the radar and quiet. You know, at least that's how I'd be if I was illegal in a in an African country. I just want to sit there and be quiet. You know, I don't want nobody to know. Anything about me other than the world, you know, then I, I just want to work, make money, and go home. That's all, all right. Let's all switch, right. let's switch gears. Right. Uh, let's make it more fun. <laughs> um, oh, well, yeah, let's make it more fun. I'm gonna start out with uh, we lost Michael K. Williams last, uh, yeah, I last. That. and I knew it was a hair, I knew it was a drug overdose. I and I hate the fact that I knew well, that. he he said he had struggled with drugs off and on, but he was a phenomenal really good character actor absolutely he absolutely. was a top tier actor i mean yeah omar of course uh playing uh chalky white in the uh boardwalk empire mm -hmm. uh 12 years a slave he was just a great actor a lovecraft country he played the you know the dead um he did talk about the scar on his face helped him propelled him into hollywood he said he wasn't getting many roles of of any substance before he got before he got cut in the face he said, once he got the scar, however, all of a sudden his career blew up. He's getting all these him, big roles and everything. It's like, all right, cool. It gave him some character. And no yeah. one looks like him. No, it also gave him street cred and character. It really did. It made yeah. him look like a badass. He may not have been, but it made him look like one. I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, but come on, man. Uh, Omar, though, playing Omar was such an iconic role. 
he was forever cemented going to be associated with being a badass because Omar was, you have this thug gay dude that everyone was afraid of because this guy would go that extra mile to you know, fuck you up. <laughs> I mean, he was just an awesome character. What's, what's that? What's that line? Uh, Michael Omar said, Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That line that describes Omar perfectly. Um, we'll find out. You're about to find out where you stop and I begin. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 describes him perfectly. By the way, yeah. that is one of the badassest lines in all of movie history. Just yeah, that is that is just a, so you know. That's a frightening if, line. If someone has a gun on you and they say that line, you have to go like, man, that's a fucking cold ass line to say. Yeah, before you kill somebody. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like Pulp Fiction. That's a badass motherfucking thing to say to a dude when you blow his head off. <laughs> this is this is where you stop and I begin. I'm gonna leave you alone now. <laughs> that's that's uh, you. Know, I'm out. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, because of that, I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about him, and they they uh, gave me an idea. Because um, so I'm bite. I'm totally biting. I'm totally stealing their idea. But it made me think about black character actors because he was such a good character actor. Apparently, they you know they didn't know what his cause of death was, but it, it came out uh, as of late. Um, it was uh, fentanyl. Yeah, fentanyl. And that'll why get would you. you do that? Yeah, fentanyl. Well, my he, brother, my brother sent me a video where this cop almost died from smelling it. Wow. Do you understand? That's how powerful it is. They have to wear gloves and special equipment just to be around it. The, the video was frightening. They opened up the trunk, and they, the dude had drugs in there, and they opened up this box. The dude started shaking and fell, and the cop's like, oh, my God, he's not breathing. They got this defibrillator, and they hit him with Narcan, and he still almost died from smelling it. That's crazy. Why would you use that? Well, why? Why, why would you do any of these things that you do if you're an addict? You're an addict. You're not, you're not in your right mind. Did you also know that some addicts, heroin addicts, so they don't get caught uh, uh, with tracks on their arms? Don't Some shoot it between their toes. Some shoot it under their tongues. You know, some of them put it in their eyeballs. Yeah. They, right I didn't know that. I right, did not know that. right in a tear duct. Oh! God, oh yeah, that's some mm. desperation, man. That's uh, some serious. That's what you, you know. You have a serious problem if you're doing that shit. <laughs> but uh, so I had a. I wanted to ask you, are right, what are your uh, top five black character actors? And we'll go one for one. And I'll All right. st- I'll start, and uh, you give me your. So I'll give you my number five right now. My number five. Uh, one of my absolute favorites, uh, and I'll if you know when I see him, I'll just go see something he's in. I you know I prefer I like him. Uh, he's just like a badass dude. Uh, Ving Rhames, mm. one of my favorite okay. character actors. Good choice. Uh, yeah, he does disappear into roles. I'll tell you that. Um, I he didn't do a ton of movies. But I've always loved him, and I hated that his life ended so soon. At least to me, to me, it was soon. And that his best movie, in my opinion, never got a sequel, uh, which I thought it should have been at least at minimum a trilogy, is Gregory Hines. Oh, Gregory Hines was awesome. Running Scared was his best work. That movie was top-notch. I, I watched it maybe a, two months ago, and it's still good. That's from 1986, and it still made me laugh, 
made me sit on the edge of my seat. I it should have been a trilogy. I don't know how it didn't get more 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 of that duel. They were a comic. Him and Billy Crystal were 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 just as good as Gibson and Glover. You know, they were as good as those two as as buddies. And it's like I I I, I never understood it. And his life ended so soon. And I he was just on his way to becoming a true superstar. And he died. Yeah. He uh, he was good. I like Gregory Hines. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, we'll see. He, uh, he died at uh, 50. He was only 57. Yeah, he died really yeah. young to me. You know, that ain't, that's young to me. He'd only you know? done 50 movies or 50. He only had 50 credits, I should say. Not all movies. But uh, yeah, that was a. Uh, for me, Ving Rhames, I like I liked Ving Rhames. Uh, I he was kind of on my radar in Pulp Fiction, which yeah. was kind of later. But um, then I kind of went back and started watching stuff that he had done mm-hmm. in the past. But he was like he's he's like one of those. What I liked about him, he was like, uh, and this was you know because he was in a time when I mean he was obviously more work for black actors now especially than you know 94 or in the 80s or 70s but he was like he really was stacked against me he's this big opposing black dude and you would only be when you're you're a big opposing black dude you're only uh put in certain roles you know right. like henchman or you know gangster or you know shit like that even though he was gangster in pulp fiction he wasn't like one note he was he was multifaceted you know mm-hmm. and uh he had, he had range and then in the in the uh mission impossible movies which he's been in all of them yeah uh, he, and um he was the smartest guy in the room the low-key hacker that they couldn't do the missions without yeah yeah you know ethan hunt couldn't succeed without without that dude whatever his name was in the movie oh in the movie he was um oh gosh yeah because i can't remember the name of the character he was a uh, Luther, Luther Strickwell, Strick Strickle. Yeah, I would have Luther. never remembered. <laughs> you know, it's funny. He, uh, he, he's his real name is Irving, and uh, is it? Yeah, it's Irving. But his Stanley Tucci, Tucci, yeah, was his uh, roommate in college. Oh wow! And he's like, you know, you don't look like an Irving, <laughs> and this is you know because it's like. Ving Rhames didn't he 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 acted he was in a lot of movies like Dave he was like the he was like uh it was a secret service guy that never smiled didn't crack a you know didn't even say much but the the end credits is uh his face and then something happens and he smiles and that's the end credits for Dave mm-hmm. but he didn't really get it seemed like he didn't really get a ton of work until after he shaved his head yeah he he had hair in Dave but then after he shaved his head, he was, you saw him in everything. Well, really, after Pulp Fiction, you saw him in everything. But um, yeah, Stanley said uh, you should uh, you should drop the herb. You know, you should just go by Ving, Ving Rames. It stands out, and on paper, it just looks like you. And he did it. And of course, the rest is history. The rest is fucking million millions of dollars and million lots of movies history, man. Yeah, yeah. It actually, he's actually right. He doesn't look like an Irving. No. <laughs> he really doesn't. That's not a name that fit him. Yeah, Ving. Yeah, Ving does fit him. He just looks like because Ving is also a name. It's like a badass name, and he he may not be a badass in real life. He may be the a guy who couldn't throw a punch to save his life. I don't know. 
but he looks like the guy that if he told you to move in the Safeway line and, you know, that said, I'm getting in front of you, you're going to think twice before telling him to fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you know, at least I would. I'd be like, I don't know if I want this, but you're not punking me in front of everybody. Go fuck yourself. I'm not moving. Yeah. You know, un, un, oh, go ahead. No, but the, the, I'm just saying I would at least hesitate, you know, because of how he looks. I would hesitate, but he's not going to punk me. So I'm just like, well, I'm going to take this ass whooping. Go fuck yourself. I'm not moving. So. Remember, I don't know if you've seen Baby Boy, but he was kind of a he was like uh, he was an ass in Baby Boy when he was oh, yeah, killed Scott Tyrese. Yeah. Well, Tyrese had it coming. He was a Tyrese was kind of a his character. Yeah, his character did. was a complete punk. And uh, and his and, you know, uh, Ving Rhames character was kind of like an ex-con, but kind of a no-nonsense old school guy. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, he, had, he was rough around the edges, but he was, you know, when it came down to brass tacks, he was a solid dude. Yeah. But he just did not, you know, he didn't think this 20-something should be living under his mom's roof, doing what he wants. He should be trying to make a life for himself. And it kind of pushed him towards that. Kind of a tough love kind of a way. That, yeah, that is what happened. I, I just, I just, all I remember is Vink choking the shit out of him. That's the scene that steps <laughs> you, out of my you, mind. You immediately, like, with shit, I notice this with, like, movies or characters or, you totally, uh, uh, you totally put yourself in the in the position and then take it all personal. <laughs> I do actually. Yeah, I, I've I've always done that. It's like I try to put myself in the position of both characters. You know, it's like what I have done, what Ving did, what I have taken, what he took. You know, uh, Tyrese took. You know, right. I and and it's like it, it makes it makes the movie for me more interesting when I when I when I when I when I step into though in, into their shoes. You know, it's like it becomes more than just a movie. It's kind of like, you know, a play on real life for me. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, no, I wouldn't have done that, but okay, yeah, no, I like that. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, no, I would have slit Ving Rain's throat for choking me out. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just, or I would have beat him to death with a bat while he slept. You know, he's not getting away with that. You know, with choking me out like that. Fuck that. You know, and and then he was fucking his mother, just bouncing around with her in front of him, and I was like. That's ah, not happening either. <laughs> ah, that's not happening either. So we don't have a problem here, Miss. You don't have a problem here, buddy. <laughs> so, all right. All right. Next. My number four. Now, granted, these aren't like the best. These are my favorites. So, you know, so it's not like they're ranked, be, you know, from best to worst or anything. Um, but my next one is Mahershala, Mahershala Ali. Good choice. You know, the guy who plays, he's going to be playing Blade soon. Yep. He's won two Oscars, even though that second one was kind of a bullshit one. Oh, for um, for uh, uh, Moonlight? Green, no, no, no. The green no, green what, Book. Green, green book. book. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell when he won that one, even he was like, this is this is a bullshit gimme. Oh, but, you know, what, what, what was it? You know, it was just like the Academy trying to appease people. That's all yeah. That's and the movie, I don't know if you've seen the movie. It is very milk toast and very after school special. It does not, didn't even deserve to be on the list of great films of that year. It's not a bad movie, but it's not a great one. It is no. not Oscar worthy. No, and, but that you know, I'm not going to go down that road again. Why I don't like the Academy, but that was definitely one. But you watch him in True Detective; he was great in that. Mm-hmm. He's a great villain and even a lead battle angel. But uh, you know, he was uh, Spider Man to the Spider Verse. He was the uncle, Uncle Aaron. Uh, uh, he's just a top notch actor, and he's you know he's finally gonna you know move to the front. He's gonna be a head, you know, when he does 
when he starts doing the Blade movies, which are Marvel film, he's going to finally get that top billing he rightfully deserves. Oh, I yeah. I, I hope it's good. Marvel hasn't disappointed me yet, but let's hope so. Bigger yeah, story. I think I don't I don't see them failing on that. Um, but what, what's your number four? Clarence Williams, the third. Clarence Williams, the third. Yep. His, the role I remember him most is from Tales from the Hood. Oh, yeah. Where he played well, the fucking devil. <laughs> it, was oh, yeah. so, it was so cheesy, but it was so good. Link from the Mod Squad. Uh, you know, that guy. I fucking love. He passed away uh, earlier this year, too. In, uh, yeah. June 4th. Man, I was almost 100 years old, for God's sake. You know, so it's like uh, you know, long, good, good life lived. He's eight, yeah, he's 81. Yeah, so it's like good life lived, brother. You know, but uh, yeah, he. Uh, I, I've always thought he was a fantastic actor. He was great, and even in uh, Purple Rain, Prince, the prince, he played Prince's dad. Yeah, I really thought he was whooping that woman's ass in uh, <laughs> in that house. But I was like, God damn, dude, you, you look. He he looked almost. He looked almost, almost as convincing as 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 uh, uh what's his face looked like as Ike Turner. Black oh, white, because that Larry, was Larry like, Fishburne. Larry yeah, Fishburne. I was like, Angela, you need to call cut. What's the safe? What's what's your safe <laughs> word? He looks like he's hurting you. Come on, Angela. What you, what's up? Y'all need to get the thing off her. That's, that's what I was thinking as I was watching. That's how real it looked, you know. And that's what he looked like when he was slapping Prince's mother around in the movie. He really convinced me he was kicking her ass. And he's a great. Oh. He was a great actor, man. I I loved Clarence Williams. Always loved his work. Yeah, he was really good. He yeah. was really good. I um, one of the movies. Uh, yeah, he he definitely. Uh, yeah, I liked him. He was good. Yeah. And I think about it. Um, uh, this guy is my one of my favorites. Uh, mostly the voice, but he's a great character actor, and that is the great Keith David. Ah, one of my favorites. Uh, second billing in one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, The Thing. Yes, and uh, he's in a few Carpenter movies. He's like one of Carpenter's go-to guys, or at least was before you know Carpenter kind of semi-retired. But um, I'm a big Keith David fan. Mm. There was a movie in particular uh, you need to see. It's, oh, God, he's got such a huge credit. But I have to look up the movie. It's been, a, it's been uh, about 20 years since I've seen it. But he plays this mob boss who has, uh, he, uh, he has, uh, like, his top henchman and one guy that works under, under him. There's some new guy he has. They have a relation. They're gay. He doesn't know this, mm-hmm. but he was such a scary bad guy. And in um uh that Aaron Aronofsky movie, um the the one with Jared Leto and Marlon Wayans and um uh what is her name? Um, what is the name of that goddamn movie? It's going to bug me. Um, they're all heroin addicts. And um, they're trying to the whole mo- the whole movie's about them trying to get a fix. Jared Leto and and Damon Wayans, and they get a brick of heroin and and how it just destroys their lives. What is the name of that guy? Damon movie? Damon Wayans and who? No, Marlon Wayans. Oh, okay. Marlon Wayans. Um. Oh, what is his name? I just said his name. God damn it. Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto and uh, Jennifer Connelly. 
and uh, she uh, she ends up to to get her Karen. She ends up requiem for a dream. Yeah, he was such an evil guy in that movie. And most of the time, you just saw a close up of his mouth and his voice was like superimposed, so he like filled the room when he spoke. It was such mm-hmm. a such a ugh, such a one of those movies. It's a great movie, and, and I mean, if you have to sell anybody on uh, on say no to drugs, show them that movie. It's just nothing good comes from it, and it covers them trying to get heroin and Jared Leto's mother. Uh, on the people who pop pills, like I'm not a drug addict. I, I, you know, I just, I just take my prescription pills. But she's addicted to that, and it talks about how it ruins her life. And mm-hmm. it's such a downer, <laughs> but it's a great movie. But Keith David's in the middle of all that. It's a great movie. It's a, he's a great character actor, and uh, uh, I'm a big fan of his. He also had the greatest fight scene in movie history from They Live. Oh yeah, him and uh, Roddy Piper. Most of that fight scene was. Uh, I mean, they. they uh, it was choreographed mostly by Roddy Piper. And yeah, he was the ring general in that. In that, as he, as we, as we, as wrestling fans know what it's called, he ring general that that whole match. Yeah, that, they, it was they, great. It was a lot of improv improvisation, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a scene where he swings a two by four and he breaks the window, mm-hmm. breaks the car window, and uh, Keith Davis' character gets super pissed because it's like that almost hit me. And he look what it, you know, but they play it off, but. Keith Davis' surprise of the window breaking was not scripted, but he stayed in character. And 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 Roddy Piper laughs like he thought it was funny. That was a cut. And then that when he kind of laughs when he does it and thinking it was going to diffuse their fight, and it didn't, it only intensified it. That's an actual reaction because they weren't expecting to break the window. And so they just cut it and they kept going. But it was totally improvised. Oh, I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah, also, watch it. Also, that brother ain't six foot two, dog. I met him. There's Who, Keith a, David? Yeah, no way. He's six two. I'm taller than he is. Okay, oh. I I'm met si- him. I'm six face two. to face, Jack. He ain't <laughs> taller than me. I Man. looked him. I looked a little tipped a little bit down. I was like, oh, because I remember thinking, oh, kind of a little guy. Because <laughs> his voice, I thought he was a big dude, and then this normal sized guy comes walking at me, and I'm like, "Oh, that sucks." It's kind of <laughs> like when I met uh, Roddy Piper. You know, when I used to when I used to lift weights and it was you know really really big. I don't think you ever saw me at that stage. I only life. saw pictures, yeah, because yeah. I didn't meet you till you were already a few years and already disgruntled employee of uh a radio shack yeah. radio shack <laughs> yeah okay yeah it's okay so back in the day when i was really big i met roddy piper at the aloha Bally's before Bally's went out of business and he came in with this big seven foot white dude who was like apparently his bodyguard or something and my manager said hey you can get off the phones and go talk to mr piper i know how much you love russell and i was like hey okay and I, so I turned into a little child like oh my god it's roddy piper and i ran in there and i could composed myself i was like Mr. Piper, hello. It's an honor to meet you, sir. And he shook my hand. And Piper looked up and he said, My God, you're a brick house. How big are you? I don't know, 6'1, about 280. He said, Christ on a stick, you're huge. And the problem was, and this is this is the point of the story. I had what what, what bodybuilders and people who lift weights call uh bigorexia, the opposite of anorexia. Yeah, you can't, I you can't get big enough. Yeah, I couldn't see it. 
I could not see what the world saw when I walked around. All I saw was a guy who looked maybe like he was 210 pounds, even in those pictures you saw. I never thought I was as big as I was, you know? And, and when he said that, I was like, does he, does he not see me? I'm like, I may be 280, but I, I, I look at me. I don't look like it. You know, and I, that's what's going through my head. And he's like, Jesus, you're huge. I was like, okay, um, good to meet you, sir. And enjoy your workout here. And I, I walked out now. They say Roddy Piper 6'2", but he wasn't. But I think he suffered from uh, what Billy Jack Haynes, uh, Billy Jack Haynes, um, the superstar Billy Graham had. Uh, Billy Graham uh, had so many, you know, his back was so messed up that his spine was compressed. He lost like six inches on his height from his wrestling days. And I think that's what happened to Piper because Piper was about 5'10"-ish, you know. And Uh But I remember seeing him when he was younger he was taller than that. You know, it's like, I, I think he really was at 1.6263. It's when very I possible. Him, like like, 5'10". It's very possible. Stone Cold is, he says he's two inches shorter than when he started wrestling. I and believe it, it. They had it because he had like crushed one of his discs and they replaced it. But he, he's like, I'm, I'm actually two, two inches shorter than when I started my wrestling career. That, that seems right because he looks shorter than he did. When he when he was wrestling in his prime, because when he was in his prime, right before he took the title, I was like, "That's a big dude." I was like, ah, "That's a really big man." And then it's then after he got his head busted open, or or not busted, but his neck contracted yeah. from uh, what's his face, Owen Hart. Yeah, know, rest in peace. He looked like he got smaller, and then that's when I found out about superstar Billy Graham, and even Hulk Hogan said, "I've lost like four inches on my height from mm-hmm. wrestling." And I was like, "That's a thing, isn't it?" And yeah. I think a lot of these wrestlers, the longer they wrestle, the shorter they seem to get, you know, because of all the compression that happens to their spines, you know. So anyway, that's yeah, I met him and Roddy Piper and those are good. Those are good times, man. Good times. Yeah. So who is your. Uh, well, I wrote one thing and I'll move on. We'll move on to your number. Your number four. Um, one uh, one thing I. um I kind of get that you're talking about that. I ne- I didn't suffer from getting too big because I, I never wanted to be the biggest guy. I just didn't want to work that hard. <laughs> I, I just want I just want I just wanted to look good without clothes on. Mm-hmm. But but um my uh I definitely suffered from some kind of body dysmorphia because I always thought I was fat mm-hmm. even when I wasn't that fat. I I was like it wasn't until Years later, it wasn't actually, it was until like 10 years ago, I was at a friend's house and he had some old pictures of us mm-hmm. as kids and uh, like, you know, late teens. And I remember those time. And I remember, you know, I remember being like 17, 18. I remember when that picture was taken, if the picture was taken, I was thinking I was 17. And if you would have asked me then, I would have said, I'm, I'm, I'm tubby, I'm fat. But there was a picture and I had like uh, someone was like, you know, I was like uh, jumping. So my shirt flew up while we're jumping mm-hmm. and I, ha- I didn't have a six pack, but I had like the beginnings of a six pack. Yeah. And I thought I was fat. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I had no idea what fat was now. <laughs> now I know. But yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I but if you would have asked me before I saw that picture, I was like, yeah, I was a fat kid. And I wasn't. I totally wasn't. Yeah, so, no, so I, I I get it. I get why when some women will say, "Oh, I'm fat," and you're like, "Where?" I I totally get it. Yeah, so, it's, it's like I remembered. Um, well, I'll tell you this real quick. It's like uh, there was this bodybuilder named Andre Scott who got his pro card. I used to go to school with him, 
and we were in the gym lifting one day and I was doing every exercise he did was actually stronger than he was at that time. And I made a comment about how weak I was and how small I was. And he said, I'm going to give you something tomorrow. Okay. He came in with this book called the Adonis complex. He said, you need to read this man. Cause I'm worried about you. And I was like, uh, okay. I read the book and and I said, you really think this is what's wrong with me? This was the first time I'd heard of, you know, bigorexia, if you will. And he said, absolutely, dude. He said, you're a fucking gorilla. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he said, I, and you really can't see it, can you? And I was like, no. It's like, do you realize that half the time when you work out, at least 30 to 40% of these people in this gym stop and watch you lift? Do you understand that? I was like, Nobody watches me lift. What are you talking about? I'm not lifting nothing. And he said, nigga, how many people can lift those 150-pound dumbbells and do, and do flat bench presses? I don't know. It's like there's like five of us. You're one of the five, dummy. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. And, that's when I, and that, was, that was like a wake-up call, you know, because that was where I was on the, on the, on the, on the, really I was like thinking, how do I afford, you know, peds at that point because i'm like not improving like i want to improve and then i realized i didn't need peds i was already bigger and stronger than everybody else who used peds so i felt pretty good about myself from that point forward you know and so it, i understand body dysmorphia you know when these people i never understood it before before i started lifting but i, I get it now you know i i can i can relate to anorexia i can relate to people who think they're fat when they're not you know i i, I can actually I've been in their shoes. I get it. So next guy, uh, and I'm gonna butcher his name, but I got. Now I'm not even gonna try Esposito. Oh, Carlos Esposito. That can't be how you say his first name, Carlos. No, it wait, 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 a, wait, 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 wait. G i a n c a r l o. Oh, you're talking about. Uh, hold on. Uh, spell it again. G i a n c a r l o. He's on um the man the Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, you're talking I, about uh oh uh, yeah. I, I can't say I, his first name. I, I have no idea for, how that is. I kind of forgot about him. Gia 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 Gia. Oh, let me slow down. I always try Giancarlo? to say it too fast. Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, Gian. Oh, yeah. Is it really Gian, that simple? Yeah, it is. Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Uh, for people to know, he was Gus. His most famous TV role was Gus in Breaking Bad. Now, under the now new character on, um, on, um, as a, a Grand Moff Tart. No, no, he's not Grand Moff Tart. Is he Grand Moff? No, he's a Moff rank. But uh, what was his uh, character on, um, on, um, Mandalorian. He was. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen season two yet. I didn't like the Mandalorian that much. Are you fucking serious? There's something about it that just doesn't. It doesn't pull me in. I watched the whole first season so what? I could have a point of reference as to whether or not I liked it or not. Watch the second second season a try. Uh, Grant, he's uh he's Moff Tart. He's Moff Gideon. He's the main. He's the big bad. Yeah, that's what I figured. Because at the end of the first season, he was becoming the big bad. I don't think he actually was at the time. But he was turning into the big bad, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, he's great as Moff Tart. He's great as Gus. He's has such a great career. I mean, he's such a because he's one of those black dudes that can can like 
he can definitely disappear in a role because Gus, he's a very unassuming, his daytime Gus, a very unassuming businessman, has a chain of you know fast food restaurants, a really nice guy, but he is the most notorious drug kingpin. And he's just, he's like a scary dude. It's like, you don't, he's, he's super smart. You don't know what, what he's going to do because he's very, very inventive. And he seems to bring that kind of a character to everyone he plays. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that guy. He's yeah, awesome. He's a fantastic actor. Yeah, absolutely. He's awesome. He is awesome. I have, um, uh, I have, uh, my, my number three is, um, Oh, I already told my number. Did I tell my? Yeah, I told my number three already. My my number two is um, Regina King. I Regina. Love, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. She's that's not awesome. a, that's not a bad choice. She is an awesome character actor. She is like, and she's I, I she's come such a long way from the daughter on two two seven from the late eighties or that is late, right. yeah, late yeah, 80s, yeah. early nineties. Yeah. And, really uh, has, yeah. You're if you right. watch her, and um, if you watched her, and um, she was great in um, Watchmen. Mm-hmm. She was. She was good in Watchmen. Yeah. She's several voices on the Boondock. She was great in that. She's just a great actress. She's actor. She's just. She kicks ass in everything she does. She doesn't half ass it. I was just talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a scene. Is I'm not much of a rom com guy, but. Uh, Jerry Maguire is a legit good movie, and there, but there's a scene where she plays she's Cuba Gooden Jr.'s wife, and there's he he's like he's in peril because he has you know he's he's entering the twilight of his career as an athlete. Mm-hmm. He's not old, but he's old to be doing what he's doing, and he yeah. only has like one more contract in him, and the deal he currently has isn't great. And it doesn't look like the new deal is going to be that much better. Right. And uh, he's feeling like a failure and he's just doubting himself. And she gives this speech that you believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie came out in like what, 97. And I still think about it from time to time. I still refer to it. I was like, I remember <laughs> you, you were like, she just talks about how, you know, she's going to be by him and she's going to, we're going to get through this. Okay, yeah. So like, you're gonna get through this shitty deal, and we're gonna get through your ex- existing shitty deal, and we're gonna, and then you're gonna go through uh, this other shitty deal. But I'm not going anywhere. We're by your side. We're in this together. And I remember thinking, man, I wish I had that. I wish I had what they have. Yeah. But I didn't believe their relationship was as strong as it was until she sold that speech. Uh, that that was just pure acting because anyone could have said what she said, but. She was the one that made me believe what she said. Do you remember and, that? Do you remember that? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. But it was just that. Yeah, she's such a strong actor. She's so good, and I'm glad she's finally getting her her due. Mm-hmm. But she should have been way bigger, way sooner because she is top. She's tops. Yeah, she's, no, she really is. Uh, but have you seen? Uh, I was looking at Jerry Maguire. Uh, that the, the, the entire cast and everything. Have you seen the black the black nerdy kid from Jerry Maguire, the one with the glasses, who played uh, Tyson Tidwell in the movie? The black nerdy kid. Yeah, he was in Jerry Maguire. He was a uh, there was only a couple kids in there, but he was one of them. I'm looking. No. At this, I'm looking at this dude now, and I'm like, wow, I didn't even recognize him. And this did dude, he play he played Cuba's son or something or relative. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, 
with the glass. He's got glasses and everything. Just look like a little nerd. He don't look like a nerd anymore. I mean, wow. this dude, this dude is like a fucking supermodel now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like, it's like dude hit puberty, and I'm like, fucking hell. You don't, you are not that same goofy kid you used to be. You know, bravo, sir. <laughs> <laughs> bravo. You know, I mean, he's he can look back at himself and go, like, yeah, I'm a bad motherfucker now. <laughs> so, okay, my turn. Yes. Uh, You're number three. Or number, uh, yeah. Okay. Is it three I'm, or two? It doesn't matter. We'll just, we'll just say, <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't been keeping because I, it's got to be your number, your number, uh, it's got to be your number two because I only have one left. Okay. Then it's number two. Then. Um, I'm going to go. I had a hard time separating the two, so I'm going to give it a double. I have to. Uh, Jeffrey Wright and Louis Gossett Jr. Son of a bitch. Jeffrey Wright is my number one. Is that your number one? There yes. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah, what was he... your other one? We'll 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 pawn over Jeffrey Wright together. But who's yeah. the who's your number two? Then Lewis Gossett Jr. Is... Lewis. Ah, goddamn, that's yeah. a good one. That is a good one. And my number one total was going to be Sidney Poitier. Was going to be my 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 top notch because he's the god. He's the godfather of black actors, man. That are yeah, but right is now. he is is he a character actor? Because he's had quite the career of top billing. Is he though? He might not be. Yeah. I mean, let me look him up. But he, I, I remember growing up. I mean, you can cue him. I mean, I'm just saying. I no, think but he, I'm trying to. I want to do. I want to keep hold of what we were talking. You know, the standard that we set. And he is a. He has always been top billed. Yeah, I mean, Lewis Gossett. You can argue is top build but he's always top build with someone so he's top yes. build. he's a just a, he's just a a very high level character actor yeah but uh i believe uh sydney syn uh, yeah he uh yeah he yeah you're right he is a top build guy he's an a-lister yeah you know there's nothing he's not any lower than a-list you know i mean he just Forty eight for Christ's sake, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we never talked about it, but uh, 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 we never set out the rules. But I, I was trying to find people that were that never got. The, I mean, I brought up Mahershala Ali, but he hasn't really. We haven't seen a movie come out with his. You know that he's the number. The movie is him and him alone, and we're following him. Right. That's Blade. That's the first one. We'll yeah, that Blade. will be the first one. Right. And then technically, I guess Jeffrey Wright. Has that he had one Netflix movie, the one with the it was a really good crime one. He was a, but he's generally a character actor. He's usually top billed with someone else. Um, hold on, Sidney Poitier. Yeah, I love Jeffrey Wright, dude. I love his narration as the Watcher in this. I mean, it's yeah. Just- he carries it, dude. It's like he makes me want to sit down and watch it. <laughs> it's like when he starts talking, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a great episode. Jeff Wright just said it's going to be great. Oh, my God. I got to watch. You know? I turn well, a little fanboy when he when, when he opens up, you know, with the, uh, and I'm the watcher. But, well, you, you remember you were talking about you were talking about how uh, we don't have a black version of. Um, uh, now that you bring it up, we don't have a black version of um, Daniel Day Lewis. I think I think uh, Jeffrey Wright is pretty damn close. I mean, how many movies has he played like Hispanic people? He's black, yeah. 
but he in, in like that early that uh, that 2006 version of Shaft. He plays a Puerto Rican guy. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's not Puerto Rican. He's no, he's not well, Latin. He's okay. Black. Okay, here's the thing. Let, let's let's be clear about Puerto Rico. It's a place, not an ethnicity, and people all people forget that. Puerto Rico is a place. That's like being an Oregonian. And so there yeah, are black true, people, white true. people, and all that. And I, I keep I keep having to remind people of that. I've had to do that my entire life. He's from Puerto Rico. He's not a Puerto Rican. He could be like, I'm a black American, so he's a black Puerto Rican or a white Puerto Rican or a mixed Puerto Rican. But he's not just Puerto Rican or just Dominican. That's a place. Well, true, but... Let's be honest. The reason we make those assumptions because they generally be uh, Latin descent. Ninety yeah, percent yeah. are Latin descent. No, I and, get uh, why we do it. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I get it, but it's still an error. You know, yeah, it, yeah. I, I I'm not going to say that I'm an Oregonian. You know, I'm. I can say I'm an American, but that has that doesn't tell you what I am. Right. You know, unless I say I'm a black american but if we want to say he's not puerto rican i can roll with that i just like to clarify with most people what that what what you're actually saying you know and i i used to think i was being an asshole when i did that because I, I used to do that to many of my friends and they didn't like it when i did that like one of my boys was date, dated a girl he's like i said you know he said she's from she's a costa rican I said, what the fuck does that mean what she's costa rican is she black white what oh that's what i forget about you nigga you like that yeah, she's black. I was like, fuck you, nigga. I just want some specifics, motherfucker. I, I just want to know. Costa Rican. Fuck you. And I was saying, what does that mean? And, you know, he told her and she apparently she she said something, you know, like, oh, well, fuck that nigga. You know, something like that. And I'm like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I never met her. So I was like, I didn't care. And he dated her for like five minutes. So I didn't fucking care what that bitch said about me. But regardless, that's my only beef. But yeah, he's He's played all. He's played Latin. He's played black. He's like that. Um, who's that white dude from uh, that you were telling that I saw in um, Luke Cage from the first season? He's played a light skinned black dude before too. Yeah, but he's just Italian, which is funny. Yeah, I yeah, the yeah. His name. Um, yeah, yeah. He was also on set. He was on um, on Sons of Anarchy. He played a character named uh, Oh, was it Switch? No, it was uh. Hold on, let me look it up. How was it, Brick? Uh, I just can't remember that cat's name to save my life. I'm gonna find it. Um, he plays a half black dude on on Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Does he really? Yeah. He, the, well, the, how like in season two, uh, he he well he was like a you know because he was worried that his biker buddies would be racist towards him because he was they thought he was black, but it you know they didn't they didn't care so much. Theo Rossi. Yeah, is his name, and his character on the Sons of Anarchy was uh, he was a juice, but um, yeah, he 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 plays a multi. He plays a he's just an olive complected Italian dude, but the, he some about it way he is is kind of is you know there's always that guy, and there's some that pose and that really just lean into it. But he just seems to be one of those guys that organically seem to like just talking to him. He's not posting, he's not boasting or mm-hmm. trying to impress you, but you get the feeling he was raised around black folks a lot. You know, he's one of those yeah. dudes. Yeah, you can kind of sense that. And you that. can kind of yeah, you can yeah. there's some that, you know, like 
they were, but then they, they do they go out of their way to kind of um, remind you, hey, I, I was raised around black people. I because I'm just this is just me. You know, we know a few of those guys, but he was one of those yeah. guys that comes across as like, oh, you were raised around black folks. He would never, he doesn't lead with that because it's not. You know, he's just it's just a fact, not like something he's using as a badge of honor. It's just what it is. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, you're right. He um, he's like Eminem, who's the who's the pros example I always use as a guy who's you can just tell has yeah. been raised around and it's poor not just- black folks. Yeah, you just, you just know it. It's like as soon as he opens his mouth, oh, okay, you're that guy. Fine. And uh, and it's not you know he, he would even if he even if it wasn't a rapper even if it's a dude that worked at fucking at you know at FedEx yeah. it was like oh yeah that guy I know that guy he's definitely raised around black yeah black you folks. wouldn't think that you wouldn't go like man stop acting like that you would just know it's just who he is and you would just talk to him like a human being you yeah. know you wouldn't be offended by him or anything you know yeah. I mean at least that that's the impression I've always gotten from. You know, M and unlike Kid Rock, who I'm like, I always thought Kid Rock and um, what's that other white boy's name from the 90s? Um, Vanilla Ice. Oh, we're, yeah. we're always like, now nah, you're not. Stop. They, they Stop. were probably, they're probably, yeah, what I hate about Kid Rock, let's a little detour about him real quick. He is a, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he, he's like, uh, he, he, he very well, hung out he is uh he definitely hung out with black folks there's black folks like yeah we were raised together but hung out he was a he was a rich kid that just hung out in the black neighborhoods and liked black american black culture Mm -hmm. i'll specify what it is american black culture and and uh decided to make his go there because if you see kid rock now he's more you know country rock now boy yeah and he really likes throwing around the rebel flag and he, yep. you know, and he doubles down on, he really doubles down on when he got criticized for it. He like, you know, he doubled down on on it, talking about, he talks shit about Kaepernick when Kaepernick kneeled. Mm-hmm. He, he's a staunch Trump supporter. Yep. Fuck Kid Rock. Fuck him. It was clearly something he fetishized. Mm-hmm. Uh, black folks, and then he once he got to a certain level, he's like, "I'm done with that, and I'm gonna be who I really am." That's yeah. basically what it was. He's a culture vulture. He was yeah. the true culture vulture, man. He's also was supposed to be. He was supposed to be Vanilla Ice, if I remember correctly, but Vanilla Ice blew up, and then came down really hard, and all the white rappers after Vanilla Ice disappeared because they had no credibility until Eminem showed up. You know, by that time. Kid Rock was already getting into country music. You know, he had been booted out of rap because he sucked. Yeah. You know, and, it's, and I just, I hate that shit, man. You know, these white dudes coming in, taking, acting like black folks, and deep down, they hate black people. I know he hates black folks. I'm sure he always did. It's like, uh, what's her name? Iggy Azalea. You're a white girl from fucking Australia. Why are you acting like you're from Brooklyn? Yeah. What is wrong with you? You could be a rapper and you don't have to act like that. 
But now she's like, no, I'm as street as everybody. Else. Now fuck you. I, uh, uh, anger. Yeah, I mean that. Well, it's obvious. It's it, it. You know, when you when when the dust settles, it's clear who's that. You know, who's that and who's not. And that's why you know people still hold BC Boys in high regard. People yes. still hold third base in high regards. People yes. hold Eminem in high regard mm-hmm. because they're not posers. I even I even like a uh, what's it a uh, young black teenagers. Yeah, you know? I, you know, even then, I liked them when I was younger, but I had a problem with, with the name. The name. Yeah, yeah I, I, I never got past that. And then, and and when I was a kid, I saw, uh, I saw an interview, and the interview just turned me off. I mean, I there's still once in a blue moon, I'll still listen to a song if it's on, but something about that just really bugged me because yeah. there uh, i remember it was an mtv interview and i think it was kurt loader asked him why the name young black teenagers you're not white you're all young but none of you are black mm-hmm. and he's like it's a state of mind i was there like was. really yep. really a state of mind well i'll remember that the next time i get pulled over it's yeah, a state of exactly mind. right i'm yeah. not black it's a state of mind fuck off yeah that right there just even I was a teenager when I read when I heard when I watched that interview and I was like, mm, that doesn't sit well with me. I don't like that. I don't so, like that one bit. So were they the first ones to change the pronouns? Were they the first ones to what? Change pronouns. No. I'm not, I'm a they or or an us. They said I'm not white. I'm black because I feel like I'm black. You think well, they were they the first never, ones to do that? They never said uh, they were black. They just said they it's a state of mind, the, the 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 culture. They had like some backwards engineered excuse why they named themselves young black teenagers. I think they thought it would bring attention to them because they're not black, and it and it absolutely did. But mm-hmm. you know they were very short lived. Two albums and they were done. And the only and song they have that you remember is "Tap the Ball and Twist the Cap." That's it. That was their that was their second album. Their first one, I bought their first one when I was like sixteen, and uh, it was just self titled "Young Black Teenagers." Their mm-hmm. their album cover looked like the Beatles' white album out, not a white album, but uh, the Beatles' first album album cover. And I remember remember thinking, "Oh, that's a cool kind of a uh, you know way to do it. It's imitate another very popular album." But you know, once that interview, I just kind of soured on them after that. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I every once in a while, I, like I said, I'll listen to Tap the Ball and Twist the Cap. But yeah, it's a party anthem. It, it, it yeah. kicks. It's. I mean, that song is like over almost thirty years old. It still hits. But I still love it. But these guys, <laughs> but yeah, man, I can't I get behind on, it. No, I saw him on Arsenio Hall, and Arsenio grilled him about that, and they said exactly what you just said. They said on MTV, it's oh, a wow. state of mind. And I was like, yeah. ah, fuck you. No, yeah, I, no, it's, fuck it, you. It's, it's a little, this is a bridge too far for me. Yeah, you're taking the good of black and not, you don't get the bad. Then so fuck you, dude. You know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's kind of like when those, when, when, when gay people used to say, you know, it's, it's, it's like being black, you know, or discriminated like black folks. No, it's not. You know why? And I told this one gay dude that who said that to my face. And I was like, you know, before I punch you in your mouth, I'm going to tell you this. The difference between you saying that and me is this. You always have the closet. You don't have to tell nobody you're gay. Yeah. And you were never. And I I said, fuck you. I can't say, hey, guys, got a surprise for you. I've got to tell all my friends I'm black. And they go, why have you been fooling us? Yeah. Fuck you. And I almost hit him anyway. I should have hit him anyway. I really should have. 
No, you, you don't need to do that. Oh, but I should have knocked this. But yeah, I hate I I every time I've ever heard that stupid argument, I shut it down immediately. Yeah. And it was like uh there's, there's you know, you you weren't enslaved for hundreds of years to the point to where you don't really have a a past that you can easily trace no you weren't detached from your culture just get the fuck out of here yeah, i hate that it's not the same don't ever absolutely. say it is absolutely don't ever say it is yeah don't ever and i i was so angry i am stunned i didn't hit him because it's like dude i am tired of you gay people using that that comparison because it's not the same you don't have to tell me you're gay you don't have to let anybody know you're gay you can live in your closet live your life and, and 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 be who you are. I have no choice when I go out that people will see a black guy. Now, if I could hide in the white closet, eh, maybe I would. Who knows? Mm. To make might make life easier if I could just hide my black skin and just and then not you know you know not do like Sammy Sosa and change the color, but just be like where people you know you turn on that um you know some Star Trek cloaking thing where it's like you look, <laughs> yeah. everybody everybody sees you as a white person. I would do that. Especially when I'm driving. I would definitely do it when I'm behind the wheel of a car. Like oh, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm a white guy driving my car. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm like, ah, fuck that. I'm a white dude. And if I could do that, my life would be so much easier. I'd probably get better jobs. I, I, I'd have a, you know, your life would be better. It'd be easier. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you might be like, you know what? I'm tired of living a lie, man. And you turn the cloak off. You know, like, I'm actually a black guy. <gasps> Yeah, oh my god, you're a black guy. That'd be a hell of a movie, actually. El Diablo Negro. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> All right, we're getting close to the finish line here, so I'm going to give two quick reviews of two movies I saw this last weekend. Have uh, you seen Kate? Kate? Real quick, have you seen Kate? Kate? Yeah. Is, it, is that a movie? Yeah, Netflix. Oh, no, I put it in my queue. I was going to watch it tonight, actually. Okay, I've seen it. Great. Do you like it? Tell me about it. Uh, well, tell God. me if you liked it or not. I did. I loved it. Uh, female assassin. Uh, story's been done before. Uh, she gets poisoned on one on her like her on one on her last job. She gets poisoned with uh, like polonium two o four, which is a radiation poisoning, and there's no cure for it. And so she's dying. She has twenty four hours to live, and she decides that she's going to go on a killing spree to find out who, you know, poisoned her. And she finds out who poisoned her. Um, she's a hired hit lady. Um, uh-huh. Woody Harrelson is her, um, oh God, I don't know what you call him. Um, handler. That's it. Her okay. handler. And she, and Woody Harrelson picked her up when she was a little girl, like her father and taught her the ways of the assassin. And they, they, it's all stationed in Japan. And so she starts killing Japanese men. Like it's like, it's raining, you know, like catching raindrops when you're, you're out in the rain, you know, with a pan, she's just slaughtering Japanese people. And she finally gets to the guy who poisoned her, and they have a nice little conversation, and then it just goes it goes from there. I mean, I can't tell you how it ends, but you'll know how it ends. It's the minute you turn it on, you'll know what the ending is going to be. But mm-hmm. I loved it. I'm I'm probably gonna watch it again in the next few days. I really so it's kind of like kind of like Crank. You know why? That, that's just... the movie I was thinking of. Thank you. Oh, I remember? Yeah. Oh my God, that was driving me nuts. Yes, Crank. <laughs> Oh, that's it. Oh, thank God. That's a weight off my shoulders. I was like, I've seen this plot before. What is this movie? And it's like, yeah, same thing. And she just starts slaughtering people, boy. Let me tell you. And 
she gets her ass kicked, so it's more realistic fighting scenes. You know, I, my upbringing and yours from the 80s where the hero never takes a blow. Yeah. You know, it's not like that. She gets her ass whooped. I mean, she's barely going. And everything that happens is pretty plausible, you know? A lot of it's oh, luck. Nice. Yeah, you know, a lot of the scenes with the gunfire is luck that a bullet didn't ricochet or that this guy's such a bad shot. But most of it's pretty plausible. I'm like, okay, I can see her surviving this, surviving that. Okay, yeah, maybe. Um, it was good. You should watch it tonight. I will. I absolutely will. Awesome. Right. What is your review, uh, sir? Well, I saw uh, the new Candyman. Oh, how was it? I loved it. Good. It Tony was Todd a, show up. Well, uh, well, I don't want to ruin it, but a slight spoiler. You see him at the end. But the, they they talk about the Candyman lore, and and the way they explain how Candyman operates over mm-hmm. the decades, from you know the I think the eighteen hundreds till modern day, mm-hmm. how he he kills and kills, but how someone is kind of anointed as the Candyman. It was really cool. I liked it. It was a legit sequel. At first, I thought it was a reimagining, but it is a legit sequel. And uh, I, my only critique, it is it's very political, politicized with what's going on, the current things that go on today, which makes sense because Candyman is an avenging ghost. That is uh, the whole point is that, I mean, he kills indiscriminately, but the yeah. origin of the killing is always something, some injustice of some kind. Yes. Even though the killing doesn't justify what he's doing because he'll kill anyone in his path. But you can, and it shows how certain people have weaponized Candyman. It is, I liked it. I liked it. It was very different. I'm going to watch it a second time when it comes out on like streaming or video. I'm going to buy it because I'm such a completist that way. But um, I enjoyed it. And, uh, um, you know, this is, you know, the guy, uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen, the second, he plays uh, Anthony McCoy. What's her name? Um, Vanessa Williams, the other Vanessa Williams, not the singer. She's back. Oh, I mean, it's, the, it's... The, the skinny girl, right? The skinny, dark-skinned lady. Yeah, um, the, yeah, the, her, the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, uh, she's back. It is a legit sequel, and uh, it, it is cool how she gets tied into it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I strongly, and the way they, it's just a different. A different way to it was like a different hand directed it obviously because the first one was uh, Clive Barker, but uh, Nia DaCosta directed this one. If you don't know who she is, she directed um, Nia DaCosta. You might know her from oh, what does she direct before Candyman? That's really stands out. Um, oh gosh, she's only directed like eight movies. Well, doesn't matter. She is going to be. She's going to be the. Well, they're in production right now, but she's the first black woman to direct a Marvel movie. She's doing uh, the Miss. Uh, she's doing Captain Marvel, the second one. Oh, really? Yeah, in production now, which I think they're going to be uh, introducing Phasma. So, uh, who you saw in uh, WandaVision. And eventually oh. takes the mantle of Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel, right, yeah. So uh, it, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, she totally did a great job with this. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And uh, 
Uh, speaking of Marvel movies, the other wow, one I saw really young too. She 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 is really young. Wow. Uh, I, I, I mean, think she looks she, like she's thirty. She's thirty one. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? And they're gonna give her a Marvel movie at thirty one. Why not? They gave a Marvel movie to wow. uh, other, that's right, Coogler. Yeah, Coogler. He was like twenty nine when they gave him that first Black Panther. I think. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. He. I don't know, dude. I, I not not to, to first solo off. first solo Marvel movie to make a billion dollars. Twenty nine year old at the helm. The problem, not, only, not only did he direct it, he wrote it. I know, but I've <laughs> always I've always thought that there are certain professions that people under forty shouldn't be allowed to do. Like, like for example, head coaching in the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball. I can, I, I've never thought a 29, 30 year old should be coaching grown men because you're all the same age and you don't have enough experience under your belt to deal with people who are old, that much older than you or your same age. Now, granted, I'm wrong about uh, Kugler because he's brilliant, but I also think Kugler and her are one offs. You know, they're like Spielberg. He's, they're one-offs. They don't, they're not normal. 30-year-olds are not supposed to be doing this. They're too young, you know? And I said that when I was 30, you know? So this is not an older guy talking right now. This I've always had this opinion, you know, that uh -huh. there are certain age you should be to, to do certain things. Like, what was Obama when he was president? Wasn't he like 42 when he got elected? Something like that. And I, and I remember one of the things I said, he's too young. I said, there's not a, I said, he's too young. I, 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 there's no, there's not enough experience behind him to be able to lead an entire nation. It should, the guy who's president should be no less than 60, you know, not Biden's age. That's way too old. They should be between 60 and 64 to start because then you have a lifetime of experience, both good and bad to direct the people that, that are smarter than you and the people that, you know, the rest of the population and you can move them in the right direction. Like with directing a movie, I always feel like you got to have experience and a lot of it. So you got to be at least 40 to get it done. Right. But with these two, I guess I'm wrong. You know, I think uh, I'm going to go with you're wrong. 100% on this to entire topic. You think so? Absolutely. Explain. Um, explain why you think I'm absolutely. Um, now, there's certain things you need wisdom. Obviously, that's mm -hmm. why they won't let you be a. Uh, you think you, the youngest you can be to be a president? I think it's 38. 35. 35. Yes. Uh, the, obviously, there's some wisdom that comes with age. I, I'm not arguing that at all. And in some professions, okay. uh, some professions that just make sense, especially running the free world. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just some things you just can't get your head around when you're talking about like right now i work for a multi-billion dollar company right i have four bosses on my that i deal with directly mm -hmm. two of them are younger than me two of them are 10 to 15 years younger than me but mm -hmm. they're good at their job and they know what to do okay so that 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 you know if you know what you're doing by all means, you do the job. I think just to hold on to this thing, I'm older because age doesn't always mean you're going to be better at certain things. And he's just obviously, and then when it comes to creative, I think you, you could not be more wrong. Okay. You could not be more wrong. And you're talking about creative endeavors where people that 
are proven. Now, Nia Costa has done other things that she's made, like uh, Ryan Coogler did two movies before he got Black Panther, and uh, both movies were well. The first one was Fruitville Station, very modest budget, yes. did ex- did extremely well. Mm-hmm. He wrote and direct. He took on a franchise that has been around longer than he's been alive. And not only did he breathe new life into it, Mm -hmm. it made gangbusters. You're talking about Rocky. Yeah. Oh, not Rocky, but yeah, yeah. That franchise Rocky. Right. Uh, Yeah, exactly. What's, what is it called now? Uh, Creed. Creed. Um, You, uh, I, you can name a movie that you like, and I can tell you a director that did it. That is super young. Uh, People had that same mindset you did with with um, with Spielberg. Now Spielberg did Jaws. He was twenty five years old. He had mm-hmm. already done. I mean, granted, he's an anomaly, right? But there's more of there's more and more of people like that now. I mean, when he was directing soap operas at nineteen, uh, when there's his first big movie that was a TV movie that was so popular they they put it out in the theaters that same year, uh, The Duel. Mm-hmm. A duel is just called duel, but it's just a car chase movie. But he was he was twenty when he did that movie, twenty, and he was doing it when filmmaking was a lot harder. You didn't have you know the average the average film camera. I mean that, that you were going to shoot you know thirty five millimeter. It was not mobile. You know the 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 steady cam wouldn't even be around for another five years. Mm-hmm. So you had to take these. So there was a lot. It was a lot different, a lot harder to do these movies. But you can. There's all kinds of young directors that, when you're dealing with creative, I I, I could not disagree more. Uh, <sighs> perfect example, Eloise. Mm-hmm. Is, she's a really my my ten year old daughter is a great artist. She can. She's she's learning stuff. She. I have a wall of just her artwork on it because she's so good mm-hmm. at painting and stuff. She's taken up. A, a, a love of editing, of video editing. At the rate she's learning now, she will easily surpass me by the time she hits high school as far as skill set at that age. Mm-hmm. Like she's doing stuff now that I, that I was, you know, it took me years to learn. You know, granted, the technology is different and a little easier to pick yeah. up, yeah. but she, as far as concept and how to, uh, pace, pace a story. She's learning that now. Mm-hmm. So if, she, if so, she's 21 and she wants to make a movie. Like, and she and I, 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 I say let her do it because she's been doing this since she was a child. And at the same with all these other actors, does it say you can't direct a movie because you're not, you're too young? Obviously, they're not because they're doing it. And it's not just the two we're talking about. There's tons of actors or directors. Uh, uh, the director of now, granted, I had a problem with the movie, but technically, the movie was a success. Uh, the Godzilla movie. Adam Wingard directed that. He was 28 when he did Which that Godzilla movie? movie. The first one? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the 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 one that came out in 2017. Oh, I love that movie. I love Godzilla. So the one that had um, what's his name in it? Um, um, um. Cranston, that guy right. was twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, okay. that was twenty-eight when he did that movie. Are you going to tell me he shouldn't have done it because he's twenty-eight? Okay, let me. Bullshit. Okay, let me. Let me. Let me. Let me do this. I understand where you're coming from, and I and I get that there are always going to be anomalies. 
they're always going to be outliers. You know, it's like, um, and this is a bad example or comparison, but I think that it'll, it's the best way I know to make my point. It's like when people, and God, this is going to sound awful, but I don't really care. I, I can't think of anything else right now. Um, it's like when they tell you, you know, um, you're never supposed to lay your hands on a woman. Okay. And I say, and then I say, well, what if she's coming at you with a knife? Are you supposed to just let her stab you? What if, uh, what if she's drowning your kid in the bathtub? Are you supposed to just gently pull her off the kid or are you going to knock her teeth out and save your child? There's always an exception and there are always exceptions, but I think overall, I think I'm being, I've been proven right that people that are really young, like I looked at that girl, that's ladies, um, Nia DaCosta. She is a prodigy. She's an outlier. She's done. She did little woods. Then she got candy man and she wrote it. Now she's getting marbles. It's like that trajectory doesn't happen because of age. It doesn't happen because of experience. And you can only get experience mostly by getting older. Now, granted, this generation coming up, Eloise's age, is she is born into technology that we didn't know have until we were in our 30s and 40s. She's a child with this shit. So she's going to change things because she'll be dealing with editing and, and software development from five years old. It'll be secondhand to her by the time she's 20 years old. You know, so the, it's going to get younger and younger. But as of right now, I think overall, my point is is true. I mean, how many who's the youngest person to win an Oscar for best picture? Um, I don't know. I have to look that up. But but see, that's my point is like, I don't think anyone 30 years old, except for maybe Spielberg, has won an Oscar. I think the youngest one is probably in their 40s. Let's see. Well, that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean. That, but I'm not saying just be, just be. But what I'm saying is, and I, and I think this is the most clearest way I can put it. If I had to choose between two people of equal resumes, except one is older and one is younger, I'd probably pick the older one on the safe side than the younger one. If everything's equal, but if the younger guy is obviously better, I'm going to take the younger guy. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but if things are equal, I'm going to take the older guy because I feel like with their, with their life experience, they're able to deal with everybody better because they've dealt with more people over more years. Because as a director or as a head coach, you have to deal with personalities. You have to deal with everybody. And as an older person, you've seen this guy's attitude before. And okay, I know how to do this because so-and-so was like that. I know how to deal with you because so-and-so used to be like that 10, 15 years ago. But if you're 25, I've never seen anybody act like this before. How the fuck am I going to deal with this? How am I going to keep this guy from doing what he's doing when I've never seen it before? That's what I mean. I'm not mm. saying don't pick them. I'm just saying I, it's always surprising to me when I see someone so young and even near the cost of so inexperienced getting something of such a such a magnitude of a Marvel movie. It's not necessarily her age, really. It's her it's her experience. She's got two movies behind her. Too. But but she has a movie that she you know it's it's the skill set. I mean, she wrote a movie better than anyone else had. Very true, absolutely. She has the skill. Look at Ava DuVernay. I've been doing what I do on my little level ah, yeah. a lot longer than her. Mm -hmm. But her 
but she picked she didn't pick up a camera till she was 30 and now she's directing now she's you know 100 million dollar movies she, right she, now she has a, she has a Netflix deal for a hundred million dollars, uh, three picture deal. Yeah, she's forty nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. but when she started, she was when she started actually making money at a professional level, she was thirty three. That's impressive. That that that's that's impressive, especially starting so late in life. Because that's like that's like um, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman didn't start acting until he was twenty seven, and didn't hit the movies as a big you know his first major role was Die Hard. And he was forty five years old when he got Die Hard. 42 uh, to 45 years old when he hit that was his first major role. Um look so at I'm, look at uh, uh look at um we talked about it before, but um he was a uh, easy reader on Electric Company, but he didn't get his first oh Morgan see, Freeman. He didn't get his first movie role till till uh till he was 50 almost. He was uh he was he was in his late 30s, he was like 41. Oh, you must be talking about uh, where he played the pimp, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That that yeah, he was in his late, he was in his early to mid forties when he got that, but he broke out when he was fifty. That's when Morgan Freeman broke out, you know. And he's been around for thirty years. That's why people like us always say that Morgan Freeman's always been old, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're that age group where he's always been old. I mean, we, I've, I've never seen Morgan Freeman as a young man. Never. I I, I don't know what he looks like as a young man. I, I have no clue. Because he got successful late in life. Now that happens too, where sometimes someone will be like really old for something, but to find out they can actually do it. You know, the perfect example is like that uh, that famous painter, Grandma Moses. She didn't start painting until she was 80. By the time she was 88, she was painting masterpieces and her shit's selling for millions of dollars. It happens on the other end too, where people you think, man, you're too old to do this. Well, maybe I'm not, but she's an outlier. That's all I'm saying is that I think these people are outliers that are this young. You know, you also look at the presidents like with Obama. The last youngest president like him was Kennedy, who was 44. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like every other president has been least in their 50s because we don't as a society, we don't want to have someone that we feel is like a child telling us what to do. You know what I mean? But if so, they if they know what they're doing, you're just going to have to take it. I mean, it's, and that's why Obama won because he, we realized one thing this man is smarter than all of us. He's smarter mm-hmm. and he's better than all of us. So I'm going to trust him. He's an outlier. DeSantos, the, the, the mayor, the governor of Tennessee, uh, I'm sorry, of Florida, the mask mandate man, he's going to run for president. He's 44 years old. He ain't got a chance in hell to win. He's not an outlier. He's in the other category of you're too young and too stupid and too impulsive to be president. But you look at Obama, you're like, you're calm, you're cool, you're smarter than all of us. You are a constitutional professor, for Christ's sake, at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can trust you to run the country. Yeah, I can trust you. Now, um, so uh, the lo- youngest director to win an Oscar ah, was Frank Borghazi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie was Seventh Heaven. It came out in um, uh, it came out in April third, nineteen eighteen ninety four. So it was, well, it was a it, he was thirty he was thirty five years old. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I take that back. Uh, was Lewis Milestone Two Arabian Nights came out uh, September thirtieth, eighteen ninety five. He was thirty three. 
Are we really going to count that? <laughs> well, it's on the. It's. I did a list of winners in the. I went into like the academy's uh, records, and that's the youngest one. Everyone else is older than that. Okay, how about Spielberg? Spiel- Spiel- I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing. You with the 1890 something. That's hilarious. It's a, it's a silent film, if you didn't know. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't oh think God. it's on Blu-ray yet. Probably not. Now, yeah. um, Spielberg didn't get his first Oscar. He's been nominated a bunch. Oh, yeah. But he didn't get his first Oscar until Schindler's List as a director. So he was in Schindler's List. He was in his 50s. Yeah. And that's what I mean. That and that proves my point. Really. But it but it doesn't really prove your point because he did Oscar worthy work years prior. They just didn't give it to him because they felt he wasn't deserving of it. Because even though his work was better than some of the work that did win that year, he's just too young. We'll give it to him later. That is bullshit. I understand your point, but all we can go by is who won. And he did, and he didn't win until it was in his fifties. See, it's kind of like this. And, and even and that one was you. more. Even that one was more of an apology, kind of like when Spike got his. It's kind of an apology for for, for not, not giving, giving it, or do the right thing, which he should have right. got one for. Right, and that's where I was going with Malcolm X and Denzel versus uh, Al Pacino. It's like Denzel was obviously better. Obviously should have won, but he didn't. Al Pacino won. As much as I hate it, Al Pacino won, man. And that's all that the record is going to show. And the record, all it's going to show is Spielberg didn't win his first Oscar until, as a director, best picture or whatever, uh, uh, until he was in his 50s. All that other stuff is, is conjecture and, and, and an opinion and something to debate. But, it's, but the facts are, he didn't win until he was in his 50s, which from facts alone proves my point is that the older people tend to win the awards for right or for wrong but here's what i'm going to say now it's going to contradict all that well not contradict but it's going to show my opinion will update the winners of the oscars of that are going to get younger and younger because of technology oh yeah because, because of people like like you said like eloise who's going to learn how to do this stuff so young that by the time they're 30 they'll have 20 years under their belts of working with this equipment Figuring out how it works. And also, they're going to be making short movies like TikTok and, and, and YouTube stuff. They'll know how to do it. She's already doing that now. See, that's what I mean. So it's going to change. But right now, eh, I still think I'm right. You know? But it's well, going to change. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll agree to disagree. I see your point. But I think when it comes to creative endeavors, that shouldn't matter at all. No, it uh, shouldn't. Per, you know, like, uh, I remember... Do the Right Thing should have won an Oscar. Yes, I remember even Kim Basinger, who announced a winner of another movie, said, this should go to Spike Lee. I'll never forget that. She was drunk, too. So I think she was just really, <laughs> she was really let, you, I think you can YouTube it, but she was, she was kind of three sheets. But she was like, <laughs> Spike Lee should have won this, you know, should have won for Best Picture. He was 32 when Do the Right Thing came out, by the way. I remember, yeah, he was really young. He was he was directing uh, Michael Jordan's uh, Nike commercials. He had done, uh, what was that movie? She's Gotta Have It, I think was his first movie. Yeah, his first movie. My mom yeah. took Felicia, uh, Felicia wasn't even born yet. My mom took Andre and I to see it in the theater. Yeah. It was playing at the coin, back in the coin days, remember that? Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to see it because it was a black director and she knew I want to see movies 
movie. I love movies. Even then, mm-hmm. I was a big film fanatic. But uh, so we went to go see this fresh young black director, which you didn't see a lot of back then, at least in the forefront. You know what I mean? No, you didn't. Spike and, Lee broke the doors open. He really did. Yeah. And um, uh, I remember uh, she was like, he's not that much older than me and uh mm-hmm. or younger than me because at the time do the right thing came out i think he was 28 27 yeah he was really young when he got because started. yeah he's just like because he did school days before he was 30 yep and, and that was his second movie and, and do the right thing was his third movie mm-hmm. he was he was basically tarantino before tarantino if you really want to get technical yeah i mean you know? tarantino talks about how spike was an inspiration because of how young he was and there it is and kevin smith said the same thing he said i, yeah, didn't, I didn't even a- know that but that's true he I, I don't i believe that yeah and kevin smith said i didn't think i could make a movie on a dirt level on a on a you know on the level that i did it until spike did it mm-hmm. would do the right thing or with yeah. uh until or with uh she's got to have it and he said then once i saw spike do it I was like, i think i can do this then he sold so, all of his great comics to do it, which yeah. had to, that had to hurt, man. But that then he bought them all back. Well, he <laughs> He's rich and famous now. I would have, re- I would have bought them all back too if I made it. I was like, "Fuck, I don't want my comics back." Now, <laughs> I mean, he had some of the best in the world in his collection, man. Yeah, he had a lot of number ones. Yeah, it's like I bet. Oh God, I bet that hurt watching him. Hey, you could buy my number one Spider-Man. <laughs> take it, <just> take it. <laughs> you know, his girlfriend's rubbing his back. It's okay, baby. Just, just let, it let it go. Let it go. No, seriously, honey, let it go. Stop. Let it. Let put, it go. Put, put it down. Put it down. <laughs> no, no. Just run away. Ah, okay, my mind. All right, all right. Before I go, before we go, because I'm surprised we haven't got kicked out yet. We're 130 minutes in. Oh wow, I didn't even know that. Oh, Me by the either. way, uh, watch Lower Decks, and uh, there's a great TV series um, called Instinct. Uh, that stars uh, Alan Cummings that I've been watching. Really now, good. Now, is Laura Dex the Star Trek comedy? The animation? Oh. Yes. Oh, my uh, God, it's fantastic. Where can oh. I find that? Where can I find that? Oh, God. What was I? Uh, Prime Video. Amazon Prime. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll Amazon. check that out. I'll Amazon that Prime. Out. It is, dude, you will piss yourself laughing, and you will also go like, oh, my God, I know that. They referenced, uh, what is his name? Um, I want to say it was Christopher Williams from an old Star Trek, the one that uh had the glowing blue eyes that got uh that became uh, a telepath that Spock said to kill. Oh yeah, he's referenced in there. It was oh, wow. so beautiful, man. Uh, my God, they mentioned the 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 the, the, the I think it's the Mugata, the white gorilla like thing with the horn in its head. That's in one of the episodes. Oh wow. Dude, it, uh, Will Riker is in it. Not not like Tom Thomas Riker is in it. Not Will. Thomas Riker shows up. It's beautiful, man. I, I love this show. There's so many callbacks that you just you fall in love with the show because of the callbacks. Now, uh, I don't know if I uh, on the hot topic of animation real quick. Uh, I don't know if you've watched it yet because you tend to take fucking forever to watch my suggestions. But uh, animated show you really need to watch because I was completely turned because I didn't think it was going to be good. And then it turned out to be awesome. I'm waiting for season three. You have HBO Max, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you share my account. Yeah, but I have it because you have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, watch. What do you got playing? I have nothing playing. Why? Why? Is it what I, I hear. I hear something. 
Nothing should be making noise. I heard oh. it too. I don't know what's happening, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, the Harley Quinn uh, animated series. Uh, it is so. Oh, it yeah. is so funny. It is so funny, and the way Bane is portrayed is awesome because he's just the he's just bullied constantly by the Joker <laughs> and really? made a butt of jokes. And, uh, he, and he waxes poetic like he does in the comics. It's just, check it out, please. Do yourself a okay. favor. I was told to watch it. I was like, I fought it. I was like, I don't want any comedy in my DC shit. And I'm so glad I watched it. It's so funny. I hear um, it's really adult, too. Oh, it, 100%. It's not for kids. I was watching it, and I, at one time, when Elvis came in the room, I was like, I turned it off. I was like, I want to watch it. like, it's totally not for you. There's, there's, <laughs> I, like, I know you like the DC stuff, but this is not for kids. Which I should, wish I didn't say that, because now she's probably you know, like going to – now she really wants to see it. Oh, yeah, now she has to see it. <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, you know, but check it out. Dude, I want to tell you something real quick. I, my mother texted me, so I had to look at my phone and I saw on one of my news feeds, this lady who got a gum infection, simple gum infection. She lost all four of her limbs and most of her face. Jesus. And I'm like looking at this lady and I'm like, dude, put a bullet in me. I couldn't live like this. She's got oh. no arms, no legs, and she's in her 40s. 50. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's 52 years old. Oh, and my she's, God. And, and that happened. Not a child. 52 years old. Yeah, kill me. My life's over. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Why is your mom such a downer, man? No, no, no. What's my mom? <laughs> I, I just use that as a, as a prelude. My mom didn't send that to me. It's like my news feed sent it to me. Oh. I have, uh, I'm subscribed to something called uh, thesun.com. I don't know how the hell that happened, but usually it's pretty shitty news. Um, and I need to unsubscribe because <laughs> this stuff is pretty bad. Hey, have you cried today? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, here's something to help you do that. By the way, a three-year-old was mauled to death by 16 pit bulls. Huh? Oh, how about Jesus. that? Doesn't that make you cry? Oh. We have more. You know, that's pretty much what this site is. And I got to get rid of it because I just... As much as I like updates on the world, I can't. I don't need to deal with this. No, you know what's weird? Uh, I, I, uh, I still, I still like to, you know, see what's going on in the world. I, mm -hmm. I'll never stop it. I've always been into news, even as a kid. I mean, my mom thought it was weird that I would watch the news with her and not complain. I wanted to see what's going on, but uh, I since. Trump has been out. I mean, I I dip in and check. Yeah. But I don't I don't feel the need to go every single day Thank to you. see what new thing is going to fucking yep affect me today. Yep. I mean, I still you know obviously shit isn't great, but at least we don't have like a maniacal maniac at the helm. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> it's like goddamn. I don't wake up and immediately grab my phone and brace for bad news. Yeah, like, all right, what fuck what's going on now? Oh, who did he piss off? My God, are we at war yet? What's happening? Jesus fucking Christ. Nope. It's just we're just watching the president slip into dementia. Stay slowly day by day. Pretty but, much. But you know what? <laughs> we're still riding and everything's good. No wars. He pulled us out of Afghanistan. He he told he did a great tribute to the nine to twentieth anniversary of nine eleven. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm fine. 
you know, he's got smart people around him that will keep him propped up for the next three years. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, pretty much. I, I'm good. You know, I don't have to worry about somebody tweeting how, you know, singer so and so is nasty and 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 and, and low low tech or whatever he's crap stuff he said all the time. And mm -hmm. you know, I don't. I'm just glad I don't have to watch our president be a 12 year old, you know, insolent little boy. You yeah. know, I, I don't mind an old losing their mind press <laughs> you know <laughs> isn't that sorry sad to say but it's that's her that's her state of affairs is this is much more preferred than the, the than what we it's, had oh god it's so awful but it's so true <laughs> i so prefer this a guy who forgets what he's gonna say than a guy who tweets at three o'clock in the morning stupid shit because he can't sleep or a guy who watches fox news to get his updates and who won't read any of the yeah. any of the stuff his people send him put it on one page and make it bullet points sir this is a 300 page that we can't do that well then tell me about it yeah oh. <sighs> all right real one last thing and then we gotta go because i don't want to get cut off and let's make it harder all right yeah we're at two hours and 17 minutes yeah <laughs> uh shang chi ah how is it fucking great fucking great hello yeah, I'm here. Go okay, you're, you're, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, this is like the first official Phase Four Marvel movie because because you know Black Widow was basically a prequel to you know something in between Infinity War and Civil War. So, so this is the official Phase Four, and uh, I I gotta say it, it, I, it was so funny. I saw this with Eloise. I've seen. I watched it twice. And I saw it with Eloise the second time. Mm -hmm. And as we were, as the credits were waiting for the stingers, because there's two stingers, ah. um, as we were uh, waiting for the stingers, going through the credits, Eloise is like, I love this movie, but it's it's like the Asian Black Panther. Yeah. And I was like, it is exactly what it is. is and I was it. like, I was like, it's kind of that. She's like, no. Then she went down bullet points mm -hmm. down to the... Uh, <gasps> Excuse me. Down to the uh, sins of the father reference. She didn't say sins of the father, but she said like the dad is not great or did some bad stuff. Oh. And the son and the son's got to fix it. I was like, holy shit! I was like, I put. Wow, she paid a fucking attention. Good for her. Oh, she does. This is a smart kid. She's a super smart kid. And you know what? I want to tell you to fuck off every time you say that because every parent says that. But you know what? I know her. You're right. She is smart. <laughs> so, so again, fuck you for having such a smart, <laughs> almost perfect kid. Okay. I, you know uh, what? Go to hell for that. I hate you. There. <laughs> fuck you. I want that on record. I always preface it with like all parents want to say their kid's smart, but she's actually really smart. Yeah, and uh, and uh, what kid goes? What kid skips a grade, has a shitty school year because because of COVID, and says, "Can I redo this grade because I don't feel like I've learned enough?" What kid has the foresight to make that decision? You know, it's just I didn't. <laughs> you know, at, at her age. None of us did. Uh, that's why I'm saying, you know, you, 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 you hit the lottery, man. She's gonna be, you're gonna be able to retire in probably 15 years, man. You gonna Maybe. be able, to, and she's gonna take care of your your old ass. Like, all right, Dad, what you need? All right, let me dig into my to my uh my play money account that only has 50 million in it. How much you need, pops? 22 <laughs> million to buy that house. All right, here you go, Daddy. Go ahead, buy what yeah. you need. Oh, I only hope. I only hope. 
But, uh, you know, it's so funny you say that because because she's such an advanced kid, I forget she is still a kid sometimes. Yeah, she's, like, still, she's basically a baby, you know, in, in yeah. a lot of ways. She really is. She's only 10 years old. Yeah, we were we uh, we went to my sister and her boyfriend are looking into buying a uh, uh, a tiny home the next few in the near future, mm-hmm. and so we went to this ex- expo. We went with them and looked at a bunch of tiny homes. Did some walkthroughs. Kind of, I kind of makes me want to buy one. But I'll tell you my I'll tell you what my plan is off mic. But right. I I kind of put the idea in my head anyway. Um, we were uh. We were there, and we were in between looking, at, waiting in line to go to the next house, tiny home, because you can walk through them all, and uh, there's like 20 of them there. And um, uh, we were talking, Felicia, my sister and I, and her boyfriend, we're all talking, and uh, for a second, Eloise wasn't standing next to us, and I go, oh, shit, where's Eloise? And she's standing in like a area where there's nothing going on, It's just, and she's just spinning, just spinning, <laughs> <laughs> making herself dizzy just to do it. I'm like, what are you doing? spinning <laughs> and i was like okay yeah i forget you're just a kid sometimes yeah, just, yeah i forget you're a toddler for the most part would you stop spinning please sweetheart you, you okay. stop that and get Oops. over here all okay. right so, yeah so all right back to the movie um it is really good it is like i i uh they basically talk about the mandarin's origins mm-hmm. he's basically i'm gonna slice spoiler shang chi's dad is the mandarin yes i we all knew that from the trailer Right. And but I like how the rings aren't something that you wear on your hands. They're literally bracelets, just ten of them, five on each arm. That was cool the way they did it. The actors are top tier actors. I mean, uh did Ben uh, Kingsley show up? Absolutely. And they explain they explain the whole thing with with they, they 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 go into it a little bit. He talks about uh, Iron Man, the plot of Iron Man three, and why he's in this movie—it's fucking perfect. The way that they, I was like, that is so, that is a good callback. I was like, they don't ignore it; they had to bring it up because it's part, cause it's part of the universe. So they brought it up, and his his role in the movie makes sense. Oh my god, I gotta see it now. That that's all I want to see it for. It's just how Trevor Slattery plays in in this because he was so good until they till they did that twist as the Mandarin. He was so good. I, no. I I don't want to tell you how they come into him, but they 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 he's in the movie, uh, and uh, he's in. I it. know they break him out of prison because that that uh Marvel short one shot I've seen like a thirty times. All right, fine, I'll tell you then. Uh, yeah, I know uh, and they talk about how the Mandarin is a stupid name. He's like they didn't know what to call me because at the time, because you know, Chang Chi's dad is the Mandarin. The Mandarin is about a thousand years old mm-hmm. because the rings give you they prolong your life. So he's about a thousand. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh uh he um he's basically says, Yeah, they broke me out to kill me because he didn't like the fact that I was using his name, even though he was being used by a different terrorist. He didn't like his name being yeah. used out there and and then to find out he was, you know, so he they broke him out to kill him. They were going to kill him, he did something funny. Uh, the uh, Changi's dad, uh, who is um, I he you know I, I guess uh his real name is uh Zhu Win Winwu, uh it was played by Tony Chu, who's a legendary Chinese actor. He's in a ton of movies. Just look him up. Um, 
So was, when I saw when I re- recognized who it was, I was like, holy shit, this guy be like having Chow Young Fat in your Marvel movie. He's a legendary actor. Anyway, um, Chinese actor. Anyway, um, they were going to kill him. He did something witty. So they basically just keep him around as a jester and bring him out to entertain. And they lock him up in like his little prison home until he's due to perform again for the troops. Wow. You know, he goes out. Anyway, it's a really good. Okay. You're, you're breaking up terribly. I think they're about to kick us. You're breaking up terribly. Okay. All right. Then I'll say it's a great movie. And uh, folks, we'll see you next week. We have right. this episode because we have one for a couple of weeks. See you next week. Peace.